You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation brought to you by Go Wild. If you haven't already, download the Go Wild app wherever apps can be downloaded. Or for more information, visit timetogowild.com. If you want to be a part of the fastest growing outdoor community on the web, Go Wild is the social media platform for you. It's the home for hunters and fishermen and outdoor enthusiasts from hiking and camping to backpacking and more and more and more. You need to check out the Go Wild app today. Sign on and time to go wild. This is the Sawn Outdoors podcast. All right, everybody. So glad that you're tuning in this week on the Sun Outdoors podcast. Uh, I had this is Ian. I had the chance to go sit down with a guy just south of Denver who just consistently gets it done, and he's a mule deer guy. You should go follow his page. His name is Henry Ferguson, and he goes by Big Chief Wackabuck. One word on Instagram at Big Chief Wackabuck. One word. Go check this dude out. Look at his... Just scroll just scroll through his Instagram while you're listening to this whole thing. It's amazing. Just look at the things this man has done. Check out... Just check the whole thing out. It's just, just awesome. Um, I'm, I moved to Colorado a couple years ago from Utah where McCade lives. And ever since I got here to Colorado, McCade has been telling me I need to go down and talk to Henry Ferguson. He's been saying it for two years. It's just been crazy, and I have not done it. Uh, I'm a slacker. I finally, finally got it set up. I went down, and Henry and I called into McCade. So you'll hear McCade's voice uh, coming through the phone, and then me and Henry sitting in Henry's home uh, just underneath a whole bunch of bucks that this dude has killed over the years. A couple his wife's uh, killed. Uh, there's an elk or two in there. Just amazing. Um awesome place to be an awesome dude to talk to and uh man like i said this guy just gets it done and one of my favorite things about him and one of the things that i really wanted to talk to him about which we really didn't get into in the podcast we sort of do is just the way that he balances family life and all the success he has hunting in the field you know he puts in a lot of time in the field as well as balances an incredibly healthy family life and i i really admire that about this guy um, something I struggle with, you know, something I'm trying to balance in my life at the moment. And like I said, I just admire so much this from this man. It was a, it was a pleasure for me to talk to him. So a huge treat to get over there and, uh, be able to see his home and just be welcome there. And, and this guy's super hospitable. And again, um, we, yeah, we called McCade in and, and, uh, I got to apologize real quick for the audio track that was recorded um, really poorly. Somehow it all ended up on one channel. I don't understand it, but we're going to do everything we can to not make it happen in the future. But just bear with it on this podcast because the information, the conversation we have here is amazing. So bear with the, the poor audio and just listen to the content, and I promise you won't be disappointed there. One thing, real quick, King's Camo, sponsoring this podcast. Um, 
major contributor to things we do at Sawn Outdoors. We really appreciate the guys over at King's Camo. There's some solid dudes over there. Uh, everyone from the owners all the way down to the sales reps, uh, people in the shop. Uh, everyone over there is just an, an incredible person. you got to go check them out. All right, check them out at kingscamo.com. Uh, right now, they are doing fall closeouts, up to 70% off of select items. A lot of that's going to be sort of like 2017 uh, XKG pieces. Um, a bunch of great stuff there. That's all the stuff we've got. Um, but 70% off is amazing. Amazing. 70% off. And then, on top of that, you use the discount code SAN, S-A-H-N, at checkout. You're going to get 15% off of that. 70% off. Check out 15% off the rest of the cart. So everything in the cart gets 15% off with SAN at checkout. S-A-H-N, kingscamo.com. Go check it out. You won't be disappointed. Uh, we got some third season hunts coming up here, late hunts. Just go get some stuff. You're, you're going you're gonna to be happy you did. I promise you that. Uh, no further ado, let's jump into this amazing podcast that McCade and I were able to do with Henry Ferguson, Big Chief Wackabuck. This has been a long time coming, man. <laughs> how's uh, how's you've been uh, laying them down over there? It looks like got a couple yeah. already. Yeah, man, that's good. Now we can make something special in Colorado. <laughs> well, there you go. Now there's no pressure to put meat in the freezer. You can just uh, exactly kick back and sift through 180 bucks. Yeah. Trying to find your 190. That's what he keeps going to do. I'm you're, holding them to it. You're in the wrong <laughs> unit. <laughs> I got to have somebody hold me to it, but I got to lie. It's a trigger finger. You know what I've got to do? I, and this is something I've been begging my buddy to do for me for years. Be my quiver. <laughs> Will you just hold my arrows for me? Because, I mean, sometimes you get close and you're like, that's ah, not really the buck I want. And then all of a sudden there's a dead deer in front of you and you're like, what happened? <laughs> let yourself down. I you in the moment. <laughs> that's a, we'll just hold each other's bullets, McCade. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> before you can shoot. I could just see us fumbling to put the right <laughs> bullet in on a massive buck. <laughs> oh, check it in. Gun blows up. Yeah. That's the wrong yeah. caliber. <laughs> Why is that 300 Win Mag jamming in my 270? <laughs> this is a good theory, but yeah, I think in practice it may not be ideal. Yeah, that might not work after all. <laughs> Maybe it's just so. So we just need to be a voice of reason. There you go. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh, but me, I'm always the. Uh, I went out with a buddy last year and opening morning. He's, I've, I've got this great buck scouted out, and the same buck I hunted this year. And he, um, and there's this 170 buck that beds down in the most stockable spot. I mean, literally, you could have peed on him. You could have gotten so close. <laughs> he's right at the base of this cliff. Wind was blowing up the hill. I mean, he, he was dead. And my buddy Brent's like, go shoot him. Like, nah, man, he's not big enough. It's not, but not the buck I'm after. It's just opening morning. And he's just peer pressuring me all morning. I'm like, dude, what? And he goes, look, I just like seeing mule deer die, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and I, as it turns out, so do I. <laughs> yeah. So That's the thing. You just want to get the itchy trigger finger. Itchy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Aaron well, Snyder says you just black out. 
You black out, you wake up, and something's dead, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it happens. And, and then you get the experience of the whole process. Exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly. I, I was kind of shocked at how fast I was able to take care of that deer last week. I was, it was just like, I just was all by myself, and bam, 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 and it was done. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Because well, you weren't arguing with your buddies on how to do it. <laughs> Dude, that's not that's maybe not that's it. That come on, yeah. <laughs> maybe that's, that's what it. friends for, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. More cooks just slow it down. That is no. There's no question there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, you just shot a. This I'm, I'm looking at this buck. I did, now. Yeah. yeah. You just shot a good buck. I did, yeah. He was my the number two buck on my list this year, and I was pretty excited about that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, great. I'll tell you, it was it was quite a quite an ordeal getting there, though. It was second to last day of the season. Yeah. Held that thing out like Ian on an antelope hunt, man. It was. you <laughs> <laughs> don't How do you have that soon. much self control? <laughs> um, I got to tell you, it was hard. But this year, I I promised myself I would not stalk another deer for the first two weeks. And so, the first two weeks came to an end. He was still alive. I was a little bit closer to death myself, but. Uh, <laughs> and, I, I just I just kept going. I'm like, and I was talking to some friends, and they're like, you know what? If you shoot something else now, you're just going to regret it the rest of the year. And and they're right. They're absolutely right. So I I held off and I held off and I held off. And man, it was it took every bit of restraint I had because I, I I just showed uh, I just showed Ian a, a video of the buck I was after, and it's ridiculous. Buck, he is ridiculous, and. Unfortunately, I think we'll probably all see him on social media here fairly soon. But uh, you have not posted that's my fear. that buck, though. Nope, I have so not. that other buck that you posted today <laughs> isn't even your number one. Totally different buck. Yeah. Not Are a, you serious? That's not, well, that's not a buck I can hunt anyway. So that's, that sure. buck's uh, probably going to get eaten by a mountain lion or hit by a car. So, so. you told me where that buck is, but was, was that... So the buck you posted today is he anywhere near where this buck you no. shot? No, not at all. So they have genetically, a frame, though. they do kind of have a similar frame. Um, big typical side on the left side, and then just really trashed out on the right. But yeah. yeah, if they're if that's his dad, that dude's been traveling a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's it's kind of strange. I mean, you see some of these characteristics on deer that you know each each mule deer I, and i was i was joking about this the other day with my wife it's kind of what led to our video that we did about uh how great mule deer were and then you know she had a big elk rack yeah. and you know anyway <laughs> show off but so we were talking and i was talking about how what i love about mule deer is that they're so unique mm -hmm. you know each one is just like a i hate to say a snowflake because it sounds stupid but i mean they are each one is so unique you yeah. know i mean you look up here i've got you know, a few bucks on the wall, but each one of them have different characteristics. Yeah. So, you know, you got one there that's tall and narrow. You got a wide one there with crab clawed fronts. You know, I mean, there's just each buck has these unique characteristics. And that's what that's what I love so much about them. I mean, they're just so cool. But uh, absolutely. But then every once in a while, you'll see something that repeats itself like that. And that buck that I posted the picture of today and it just doesn't make any sense i mean you know they're 
they're a good distance away. They're a friggin' mountain range away. So oh, wow. <laughs> that far, huh? Yeah, I mean, they're just not going to be. Yeah, I figured that was the same pool. gene pool for sure. No, no. Wow. Although I wish, because, man, I wouldn't mind chasing this dude's son around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a big one, that's for sure. Oh, but, definitely. Yeah. So when your number one buck gets shot next week, <laughs> you're going to let everybody know? I'll, you know what? I'll probably release about 150 videos at that point. There you go. I, I literally have over 300 pictures and videos of that buck from the last three years. That's crazy. And so, I mean, I've got wow. quite the history with him, and I've you can see him grow, and you can see the – and it's kind of cool because people are always asking me, how can you tell one buck one year from the next year? And they all have their little unique characteristics that they carry over each year. Like attitude, personality stuff, or um, that for one, yeah. I've seen, I've you'll, you'll see like that dominant buck mm -hmm. that'll go up and just kick other bucks out of their bed, bed down there for a minute, then get up and leave. Sure, you know, just jerk bucks like that. But <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, this buck had um, he splits off his G three on his right side, okay. and he's done that for the last three years. And it's kind of cool. I mean, he's got he's got a big rack, just a, a great shape to it. But his backs, his back forks, his G2, G3 split on the right side is a little bit shallower than the left side, too. And that that trait has carried on throughout the years. So interesting. Yeah, it's kind of neat. And I, and I mean, uh, truly, you just have to have a, you just have to spend a uh, my wife says it's a ridiculous amount of time looking at deer. I think it's an appropriate amount of time. An appropriate <laughs> slash ridiculous amount of time. Yeah. Somewhere, somewhere right in between there is, <laughs> is so real. You know? <laughs> I guess men and women always see things differently, don't they? They so do. They so do. Yeah. I mean, you know, my wife, she likes to tag out opening morning an hour, you know, anywhere from 10 yeah. minutes to an hour into first light. That's, she's efficient. Yeah, she's efficient. She wants to be done and... I'm like, what's the hurry? Yeah. You know, don't if you if you tag out opening morning, that just means you can't hunt anymore. Right. You got 364 days to think about it. Yeah. I can't handle that. 330 is too much. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I kept telling everyone about the the antelope hunt. You know, it's like, oh man, barely made it. And it's like, yeah, but I got seven full days in the field. You know. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you what. I shot my first antelope. I shot with a bow was two years ago. Well, let's see, 2016, and I shot it on the 20th, and our season ends the 20th. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I shot it the last afternoon of the hunt, and, I mean, it was a great time. It was a great hunt. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Got to hunt the maximum amount of days, you know? So, yeah. And the cool thing is, for antelope, I mean, the last part of the season is when it really gets fun anyway, because that's, that's when decoys start to become more important, and... Yeah, it seemed like, yeah, all all the animals out there had a different attitude from the the opening weekend, for sure. Completely different attitude. Yeah. Although the bucks we chased this year, I got to say, I think they were in mid-season form on opening day. And what I mean by that is they were running aggressively the moment you even, like, slowed down or peeked over the top of a hill. Oh, yeah. They were just gone. Yeah. They were not thinking about it. Which yeah. makes me think there's either a lot of poaching going on out there or Maybe. a lot of predators. I, I I don't know what it is, but yeah, I don't know. There's uh, there's something that had them really really amped up this year, which they weren't last yeah. year. 
Not well, as bad, anyway. That's the, yeah, that's the first year that I've hunted antelope. And uh, so, yeah, I'm not sure about previous years, of course. Yeah. But uh, we definitely noticed that, that if you slowed down, like anything under 55 miles an hour on a dirt road. They take as they a sign spooked. of aggression. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we would, we would spot them and just keep flying down the road That's all and you have can to do, press yeah. the next hill, yep. slam on the brakes, <laughs> jump and then out, try to sneak up back over that hill. It's so crazy. I mean, it, you know, the, the area we're hunting, you guys, it, it, you know, for those who haven't been out there, it's not huge tracts of land. And so, I mean, it, it's not like you can throw your backpack on and go out and spend a day and a half hiking around looking for, uh, looking for antelope before you hit a road. Yeah. I mean, you know, more than likely, you're going to get 20 minutes in and go, oh, I've crossed two roads already. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a little different hunt, but it's a, I think it's the perfect way to get started, to get your season started. I really do, because if oh, you yeah. can, I mean, first of all, if you can sneak in on an antelope, you can sneak in on anything. That's probably true. <laughs> and, and, I mean, if, if, you're, if you're good enough to sneak in on an animal with zero cover then you're doing pretty well. And zero cover is really kind of an understatement as well. It, it is, yeah. yeah. If, there was, if there was such a thing as negative cover... This is it. That's what it has, yeah. yeah. They'll, they'll skyline you. Real, mm -hmm. I mean, I was in pretty good camo, matched the terrain Doesn't real well, matter. I thought. Yeah, and I it's was... all shape and outline, right, yeah. Yeah, and I was low. Yeah. I'm trying to stay behind, like, a weed, you know, and yeah. had a buddy go clear out uh, to the, you know, like 180 degrees put an antelope between me and him uh-huh and uh when he came back he told me he's like i, I could totally see you dude oh yeah just because you're skyline yeah everywhere they, you're always skyline yeah and i mean it's that's the crazy thing you are the tallest thing out there by far yeah yeah and you're taller than me so <laughs> yeah you know. so it's, it's hard <laughs> <laughs> it's even more difficult yeah. but but no it's they're just so much fun to hunt i've i really really enjoy antelope hunting that's that's always been Something yeah. I've had a lot of fun doing, but I got a little distracted by mule deer there for a while, and you know you did. But and I it was still fun to follow along. Totally distracted by mule deer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I walk into your house and there's. You said there was a handful up here, but or a few, but a few is about two full handfuls of deer. Well, and again, two at the taxidermist and an elk as well, and we hope to add another one this weekend with my wife's rifle tag. So. Yeah. We'll see. She has she has a bull tag. No, she has a buck tag. Oh, so buck she tag. had a bull tag last year. Shot a six by six bull, ten minutes into legal shooting light on opening day. That's no fun. Yeah, I like to think it's because she has such an outstanding guide. Um, <laughs> but truth be told, she kept her. She just keeps it together. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know how, but she just keeps it together. It just doesn't really phase her that much. She's probably raising kids. There's nothing more stressful than that, I bet. Yeah, well, and if there is, uh, she's teaching school now. She's teaching first grade. So, oh, there. yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. raising 26 more kids. So, so <laughs> killing something is about the most relaxed she ever gets. <laughs> You're probably right. But, no, she just she doesn't get amped up. The situation just doesn't get too big for her, and I, I envy that. Yeah. And I feel bad for that kind of simultaneously because <laughs> I'm like, man, if you're not getting amped up about yeah. it, you know, but that's, that's where the memory is. Because you spend, you spend 330 days looking at these big racks. Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> Bingo. She spends 
three or four. Yeah. <laughs> or evenings that she'll go around for drives with me looking for deer and elk. But yeah, it's uh, that's that's exactly it. I mean, it's all consuming for us, and it's something they you know something that she does and enjoys yeah. but i mean she has fun with it and she's she's obviously really good at it i mean the two bucks right above you are both hers oh wow yeah she shot that uh the real thick necked one there she shot that one with a rifle that was the first animal she'd ever put crosshairs on wow. and uh that's a good buck yeah he died in his tracks that was uh that was a pretty cool experience so see you later season yeah that was third season Okay. It was third season and it was like 75 degrees. That's we hiked out yeah. in short sleeve shirts. It was pretty <laughs> crazy. Dang. So, yeah, but it was uh, it was a cold morning and a nice warm afternoon. So, yep. yeah, I couldn't beat that. We hunted third season last year for the first time. Uh, yeah, it was nice and toasty for you guys too, right? Other than that foot of snow. I mean. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. It blizzarded for like a whole day, <laughs> and we hiked around in that. Got all worn out. So the next day oh, we had like man. a late morning and everything was melting and got all muddy and stuff. So then it was just nice and warm after that. Well, and all of our Colorado mountain roads get that nice gumbo texture to oh, them yeah. too when the mud comes. So that's, uh, yeah, that makes it extra fun. Yeah, we had the trailer. Uh, McCade towed his trailer down last year and had that parked on just some BLM land. And we thought, I thought uh, that it was probably going to sit there for a while. Oh man! Because that was that muddy, <laughs> but they got it out. So it was, oh, nice! Yeah, it was a lot easier than I thought. You guys pulled pretty much straight out, didn't you, Cade? We did. I was <laughs> sweating bullets a little bit, yeah. thinking we were going to be stuck there for a while. <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah, I just thought I was going to go check on it all all winter. <laughs> <laughs> That's well. Funny. We had to do that in Utah. Did yeah. you really? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no, kidding. Yeah. After my elk hunt uh, two years ago, went back that following weekend to pull the trailer off the mountain and everything and we took ian's dad up there wanted to show him how beautiful the area was and everything and i think it snowed like two feet oh my gosh <laughs> yeah. yeah that's a deal breaker right there yeah uh, <laughs> lucky you guys got out, out on your own <laughs> got out much less getting the trailer out of there yeah well we abandoned the trailer up uh i don't know maybe probably not even a mile from where we had Originally camped. Where you started. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. You so, guys got that back out, though, before the spring, right, Cade? Yeah, so we went back, uh, I can't remember, a week or two later, and it was, like, totally different mountain. There was no snow. Everything was dry. It's crazy. <laughs> so, That's you know, those it early, was not... the earlier fall storms are like that, though. I mean, yeah. yeah. The sun comes out. A couple days later, everything's melted couple days after that everything's pretty much dry yeah starting over yeah especially out so. you know the deserty mountains and stuff you know? oh yeah exactly i mean pretty much all of our mountains out well in the rockies here yeah i guess you get over on the coast everything dries out pretty quick it's always wet way. there yeah it's nothing stays wet for long here no, not at all not <laughs> yeah. at all so yeah i was asking about this being a third season buck because mm-hmm. um all Much longer hair and stuff on it, yeah. Yeah, that well, you mentioned thick, thick neck. neck, yeah. All three of the deer we shot last year just had massive necks. I mean, that's just one thing we... I went out scouting this morning and saw a bunch of thick neck bucks already, and that was pretty crazy. I mean, it's... Wow. Wow. It's awfully early, but, you yeah. know, I guess... Uh, I don't know, maybe that's a maybe that's a sign of an early rut. Maybe, uh, 
maybe I just need to pay better attention and they've always been thick this time of year. But I mean, I found a buck yesterday here by the house that was just a big old pumpkin headed thing and just a real, real thick neck already. So yeah, maybe it's going to be an early rut this year. And if that's the case, then everybody with third season tags is going to be real, real happy. Oh yeah. Cause crossing my fingers. Heck yeah. (laughs) Cause usually, usually around here, I mean, I watch a lot of deer just, I I live kind of in the foothills here in Denver and, I watch I watch deer here a lot, and just kind of gives me a good leg up on animal behavior. Just learning that and seeing their tendencies and stuff. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, the the rut usually is at its absolute peak right around the 18th to 20th, 18th, 19th, 20th of November here. So if it does yeah. come in, I mean, if it comes in a week early, then you know you're That's sitting there season. right at the yeah. end of third season. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, that was sort of our experience last year. We had. Uh, Did you guys see him chasing a little bit last year? Well, yeah, I guess a little bit. Um, mine was by himself, doing just just doing boring deer stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like just being alone. <laughs> yours, though, Cade, wasn't yours with uh, a couple does or something? Little group? No. So the one that uh, the first buck we killed on that Monday, um, he was bedded with some does that's right um and he actually fell asleep mid-stock <laughs> we have some oh, phone scope love that. yeah yeah he, yeah i was watching from across the canyon through a phone scope and uh yeah he just laid his head down just like a little dog oh that's great yeah well <laughs> then you know he's relaxed oh he was that's, yeah well, that's helpful <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's awesome yeah, so that's uh, – I was just telling Ian that I'll be up there with uh, – kind of in that same area with some friends this year on third season. So we'll have to hook up while we're up there. And we should. See if we can go out and Definitely. raise a little cane in the in the mountains there. That would be awesome. Yeah. Ruin a couple of mule deer's day. Yeah. Hey. I'd love to do that. How many people so in your I'm ready. Um, let's see. Everybody but me. Yeah. So. So the – I guess. So let's see. I think there's four – I think there's four hunters and, and four then tanks. me. So I'm like, I guess I'm like designated spotter, shirt, <laughs> backpack guy. There you go. Night, you know, handsome. I've been that pack field before. You're the guy that yeah, you know. you're holding the bullets. Yeah. You know what? Maybe that's my job. Maybe I could be that impartial third party, you know? He's like, nah, 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 nah. Nah, nah, nah. We yeah. do better than Hey, come on. Just make sure you give out the right bullets. <laughs> Different pocket for exactly. each other. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Wait a minute. Billy's in the left. No, Billy's in the right. Ah, oh, crap. Just try this. <laughs> yeah, that would be uh, that would be chaos. I know. Uh, well, the funny thing is, I always I always keep it together really well when it's my hunt. When when I'm getting ready to shoot an animal, I'm calm. I'm I'm cool as cool as ice until yeah. the arrow's gone. <laughs> After the arrow's gone, I am a freaking wreck. Yeah. You know, it's just like an adrenaline dump. Right. You know, everything, you've just been holding everything at bay all that time and crawling in and doing, you know, being careful and trying to have every sense on, you know, on point. And then once that arrow's shot, and if you see him go down, holy crap, man, it just, you know, you lose it then. But, uh, man, hunting with my wife, those been a really different experience and hunting with my son this next week is going to be even more <laughs> going to be even more interesting because you really don't have that much control over the situation 
Yeah. You know, I mean, for me, I, I, I stay calm in the situation because I've shot a lot of arrows. And now I've gotten to a point to where I've shot a few animals and, you know, I'm, I'm more confident that I'm going to be able to deliver when it matters. But uh, when it's somebody else behind the trigger, you just have no control. <laughs> You know, it's like, I mean, I'm sure you guys have all watched your friends. You said you watched your friends uh, sneaking in on that buck from across the canyon. Yeah. How was your heart rate then? Oh, I, I lost track of them, and I was just watching that buck. You just, yeah, yeah you get you get couldn't, so excited watching it, it, and I mean, it's it's awesome. Yeah. And again, I think it's just kind of that, that maybe it's just seeing the hunt through somebody else's eyes, mm-hmm. or I don't know, maybe it's just a less, I don't want to say selfish approach to it but you know just a just more of a selfless different approach to it that you know your success their success really doesn't mean anything to you per se but it's you know yeah but it does it does yeah you still get just (laughs) as excited yeah exactly yeah and it's it's just cool and if that if that feeling ever goes away for me then I guess maybe it's time to take up like mini golf or something because <laughs> I can't handle real golf. But yeah. you know, maybe that's uh, maybe that's the the time I'll know that there's been enough mule deer dead. I've heard a few guys say that, but that I don't stuff. think that'll ever happen. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. If this year was any indication, that'll never happen. Yeah. I mean, I uh, you know having my son there when I shot that buck was unreal that was that was another new experience yeah. for me because he's been there when when stacy shot her buck that buck there and when she shot her bull last year but he's and he's been on a lot of archery hunts with me but you know i've always said there's like a thousand things that have to go perfectly right to even get a shot with a bow oh yeah just to even get a shot not even to you know make a perfect shot just to have that opportunity to get to full draw and get work through your your process but uh He's been on a lot of hunts with me, antelope, and, I mean, he had a day where we hunted a, a neighboring unit to that spot uh, mm-hmm. two years ago. And the last day, of the, the first day of the season, he went out there and hunted with me, and his Fitbit said he did 38,000 steps that day or something like that. Yeah. It was like 27,000 for me, but my legs were a little longer, so. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, and we stayed in a hotel that night, and he, uh, he's like, Dad, let's go to the pool. I'm like, dude, I'm wrecked. <laughs> but, yeah, he's been on a bunch of hunts with me, and, and, you know, we've had some cool opportunities and a lot of really close calls. But that was the first time it all came together, and, and man, I mean, it, it, it was just so awesome. You know, yeah. seeing the hunt through his eyes and – you know, him sneaking in there with me and, and then just afterwards, I mean, you yeah. talk about losing it. Man, I was. You get just high-fiving and oh, chest dude, bumping. I gave him a huge hug and just tackled him, you know. <laughs> he, he looks up at me. His eyes are just so big. He's like, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was pretty neat. But Very cool. So, yeah, I can't wait to see him get that experience, the opportunity here in the next week or two to yeah. try to put one in and put a bullet in a cow elk so this is his first tag his first tag yep very cool yep and he has been anticipating this since he was old enough to go hunting with me which was about i think i took him out at probably two years old oh wow i just took him out for little little hikes in the woods with me i mean i had no expectation of having any success but you know just getting him out there and kind of 
building that building that love with them and mm -hmm. it certainly worked because that kid is eating up with it so heck yeah yeah it's gonna be fun it's gonna be an awesome week so, i'm excited for you yeah be watching the stories and everything oh there'll be a lot of them <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there Good. will definitely be a lot of them and if that guy kills that big buck then uh you know i'll, I'll release yeah. a bunch of uh mule deer horn porn too you know you so <laughs> we'll uh yeah, I, I i'm still I rooting for McCade the buck, those videos though. right now it was you showed me that one <laughs> I think the first thing I said to you was, "That's an elk." Yeah, exactly. It's it's pretty big, McCade. He's not he's not like he's uh, <laughs> kind of ridiculous, but it's the only word for it. Yeah, I mean, there's proportions that mule deer. You see enough bucks, and you know what a big buck looks like. Yeah, yeah. And then you see one that just dwarfs that, and you're and it just kind of yeah, it skews reality. You know, I mean, yeah. it really does. It just kind of, it, it just kind of skews reality. And I, we've got some really big deer in our neighborhood here, but you know, when you see a big buck, public land, you know, literally anybody with a tag has access to that buck and that makes it, makes it pretty cool, you know? And yeah. I mean, I've got three years of history of this buck making me look like a chump. So have you seen him all season for the last three years? So last year, I saw him one time during the season. I saw him all summer, right on the same hillside, one of two hillsides, but they're right next to each other. And I'm like, oh, this buck's, it'll be dead opening week. Yeah. So I hiked up that mountain uh, the first six days of the season and saw a lot of deer, but not him. Um, yeah, the year before, I saw him one time and made a bad hit on him, lost him, and he obviously came through pretty strong. Yeah. Um, the buck's a survivor. I'll tell you that. He can take a punch. Wow. I know that for a fact because I've punched him twice now. Dang. But, wow. Yeah. The, so that's the one you were telling me. That ducked, that ducked on me yeah. earlier this year. And it was, I mean, you talk about humbling experiences, man. You know, you work all year. Sometimes things just don't go your way anyway. And that's... Uh, yeah, that was uh, that's a moment I probably could have done without. <laughs> it just, you know, in in all reality, that was that was tough. That was a tough, I bet. tough pill to swallow. But you know, I spent uh, six of the next seven days up on the mountain looking for him, and when I I finally found him, I I hit him on Monday of opening week, and then I saw him the following Sunday, just Sunday morning, doing just fine, acting like he'd never even been hit. And I mean, it was a real high hit. It got him right through the back straps. I had meat on my arrow, so. Oh, you found the arrow. Oh yeah, I was a clean pass through. Oh wow. But uh, and I mean, you know, it's one of those deals where, inch lower, no tracking job required. Yeah. He's flopping right in front of me, but just wasn't the way it wasn't the way it turned out. So. Bummer. Yeah, he kind of licked his wound a couple times that morning. I watched him for about two hours that morning, and he fed into a spot that there's just no stock opportunity at all wow and he was with like six or seven other bucks that morning but and the crazy thing was you know he was he was a loner all summer and saw him with one other buck one time and every other time after that he was just all by himself wow and opening day of the season just couldn't get enough of his friends he had 10 bucks he was one of 10 opening morning hmm yeah. 
mule deer don't have calendars. Yeah, or so I'm told. <laughs> Not sure I believe that anymore. Uh, <laughs> right? Just kind of crazy. That's interesting. But yeah, it's. Uh, I, I, and I, I don't. I'm sure the timing was coincidental, but uh, well, I have to say that so I don't sound like you know an idiot. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he just uh, he he was all about having his friends with him after that. And we just, we never saw him solo after that. Wow. Kind of crazy. That is nuts. Yep. But you're, you're confident this Saturday, you're thinking. I'm afraid he's, I'm afraid his days are numbered, yeah. There's a, there's a couple of, I'll put it this way. If I was a mule deer, these are not two, of the, two of the guys that are after him are not the two I would want chasing me. Oh, yeah? Yeah. These guys are good. And they've got a long track record of taking down bucks. So, yeah, if nothing else, I'll be able to go visit him. And uh, I'm going to have him cut that little chunk out of the hide. Might get that tanned. Just for a moment. (laughs) Just get a wallet made out of that section. Yeah, exactly. Just a hole straight through your wallet. Yeah. What'd you tan that leather with, Henry? Uh, My tears. I've been bottling them up ever since I shot. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, but I, I stalked him uh, two other times after that. And, I mean, close encounters, sat on him, sat on him, waiting for him to stand up, passing his 175-inch buddy that was bedded at 20 yards. And, I mean, oh, I'd have a hard time. Yeah, yeah, me too. Well, you guys aren't alone. I had a hard time too. But, <laughs> but in reality, you know, I'm sitting here looking. I'm going, you can't break 200 if you've already shot a 170. You can't break 200 if you've already shot a yeah. 170. So I'm, I'm just kind of not looking, trying real hard not to look off to my left, but keep an eye on him just in case, you know, he yeah. gets wise to me or anything. But. <laughs> yeah, he never even glanced my direction. That was the weird thing. I was 20 yards away from that buck for almost a half hour. That 170 buck? Yeah, never even glanced my direction. Dang. So it was it was pretty strange. And then I moved just a little bit, and the other buck stands up, and like two minutes later, hadn't moved at all, stands up and is just staring holes through me. <laughs> I'm like sixth sense, seventh sense, eighth sense. I don't know which sense yeah. it was, but uh, I am convinced they have a lot more than most creatures oh i'm sure yeah the older they get you know but those yeah those old ones they're not dumb no they're they're just like a totally different animal yeah but that's that's what's so much fun about hunting them but yeah it was a it was a humbling year though but it sure had a a nice little pot of gold at the end of the rainbow so that was a good it was a good season well good yeah i'm curious to ask you about um your tactics okay well, my primary method is spot and spook. Uh, you know, I'm pretty good at spotting bucks, but I'm pretty, I'm much better at spooking bucks. Yeah. That's kind of where my strengths really are. Uh, you don't use your patented buck call? No, bring them in? no, no. That's uh, that's that's best for preseason. That's for that's preseason, preseason use call. only. Yeah. Yeah. Although the the funny thing is, this buck that I did shoot, I snuck in on him ten days earlier. And, or I'm sorry, I, I snuck into 10 feet on him six days earlier. So I shot him on Saturday. I snuck in on him Sunday morning. 
first buck other than my target buck that I stocked all year. So it's kind of cool to close that, that yeah. up. But uh, anyway, I got up close. I tried mewing like a cow. And typically I'm a be patient and wait them out kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I followed some advice of some really good hunters that I know. And um, we'll just say their method didn't really work out that well for me. <laughs> um, well, like at all. But uh, I, a couple little cow calls, nothing kind of lifted his head a little bit all i could see was his rack sticking up over this log and wouldn't move i grunted wouldn't move and i i I considered hey bucky bucky but uh (laughs) i I decided not to so although that would have been pretty cool yeah i might try it someday but it probably would have got his attention i'm sure it would have gotten his attention but uh yeah it's I'll wait them out in the future. <laughs> Definitely going to wait them out in the future. That's just, uh, I think there's just a lot less, I think there's a lot less potential for catastrophic failure if you wait. So, yeah, pa- I, patience is a, is a big key. Yeah. And it's, it's the tough. hardest piece too, it seems it, like. It truly is. Yeah, I mean, I've sat, I've sat for bucks. I've sat on bucks for quite a while and, you know, have them just get up and walk a direction that you can't shoot or, you know, just get up and have flies start bugging them or whatever, you know, and yeah. they get up to and then just run off. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> hey, nothing's, it's not perfect, but uh, I guess if we wanted it to be a little more consistent, <clears throat> just leave the bows at home, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I can't do that. I just, I just can't. I love chasing them with the bow. It's, it's a lot of fun. So you're a pretty exclusive bow hunter. Um, up until last year, yeah, I, I picked up an extra tag last year and shot one with a rifle. But uh, cool. that was my first rifle buck since 1989. So, yeah, you could that's, that's a, probably that's a say yeah. pretty exclusive. There you go. <laughs> so. Pretty successful, too, it it's, seems like. Well, it's it's been a lot of work. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's been – that was my 12th mule deer in a row. Holy cow. With a, with a bow. So, but I mean. Is that 12, 12 years? 12 years in a row I've gotten wow. a deer with a bow. So, but that's every single one of them has come with a lot of lessons, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of mistakes. And yeah. it's, uh, you know, they're, they're just a lot of hard work, but that's, that's what makes them so much fun, you know. That's the thing. You, you mentioned a lot of mistakes, you know. It seems like no matter. Well, you also mentioned earlier, you know, if it ever stops being fun for you, you, you maybe that's time to quit. But yeah, I always try to, if, if I stop learning, that's when it's time to quit. Oh, I'll never quit then. Yeah. I, I mean, I, that, I learned, I learned so much chasing that buck this year. It, it, when you literally, I spent three weeks either watching or looking for that buck. And I mean, that was, that was pretty cool, you know, seeing his patterns seeing how seeing how he would choose his beds mm-hmm. um you know it, and it's just uh seeing how which sense you can fool which sense you can kind of get away with i mean he winded me twice and just kind of walked away are you pushing these kinds of limits just during the season or are you practicing this stuff oh, I, during I, I don't i don't scouting i leave him completely alone during scouting and I've heard some people talk about, um, Steve Alderman talked once about, uh, about bumping bucks mm-hmm. 
during his scouting to see where their escape routes are and stuff. Yeah. Um, typically, something else will bump them if you're watching them enough, and you'll get to see that anyway. Yeah. But uh, whether it's a hiker or, you know, mountain biker or coyotes or whatever, you yeah. know. I mean, this, this area I was hunting this year was just loaded with cat tracks, so... I was kind of surprised I never saw a mountain lion up there because I saw a lot of tracks this year. Yeah, you don't see a mountain lion unless they want you to see them. Yeah, that's that's kind of the truth there. But uh, but yeah, I I keep a real low profile during scouting season. Though. I I try to stay completely away from them. I I don't want them to even know I exist. So that's my goal. Uh, I I kind of like that approach. I, I'm not real practiced on all that stuff, but just hearing you talk about it that way, I think that makes sense. You know? It's just long-range recon. You yeah. know, a lot of time watching through the spotter and through 15s and just waiting for them to, waiting to see where they can put themselves and position themselves that you might be able to make a stock on them. So, like this year, you know, this buck, I, I, I basically knew where I was going to encounter him. Mm-hmm. And I'd already planned. I had a, I had a, like a week and a half long trip to Asia for work about two weeks before the season. And in my downtime, I, I thought about that just nonstop, looking at pictures on my phone, you know, from phone scope pictures and stuff yeah. and trying to plan different stocking routes and stuff. And none of which actually came to fruition during the season. I mean, he never <laughs> bedded in the exact spots, you know, and yeah. it's, uh, so, I mean, that's, that's a giant part of hunting though, is just staying fluid because, you're just waiting for them to make a mistake and it doesn't all it, in fact it usually doesn't pan out the way you think it will so you got to yeah. be got to be ready to adjust you know like yeah my favorite quote um was from a, a guy who had to have been a mule deer hunter mike tyson you know that great philosopher <laughs> <was talking> about <laughs> how everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face yeah it's uh you know, after opening day, when I blew a stock on him, it, you know, got into like 50 yards on him. And he, another buck that I hadn't seen previously blew him, blew out. I got punched in the face, you know, yeah. like, well, crap, there goes the element of surprise. He knows I exist now. So yeah. it, it became a little more difficult hunt after that. But uh, I always like to give him a chance, you know. Not really. Yeah. <laughs> I just kind of, I just kind of suck and keep making the same stupid mistakes over and over. But it seems like some some of those things, no matter what you think you're going to do different next time, it just always continues to happen. Yeah, and you just you just got to stay persistent. Yeah. Keep going after them, and you know. So, Henry, it seems like you watch these deer pretty much year round, or as much as you can. I try to, yeah. But- yeah. What what's your what's your typical like scouting plan? Like when do you really think like okay, this is for the hunts and like what does that all entail? So, first of all, draw results come out in June. Uh well, basically the 1st of June, late May, early June. Yeah. yeah. So, things really get started then. So, I I've kind of gotten into a pattern where I'm either drawing the tag or buying landowner tags. So, I mean, it's I know not everybody's in favor of that, but sorry. <laughs> it's the fact is, yeah. you know, we're all limited on time. Mm-hmm. We all have jobs. We all have other responsibilities. I mean, you know, I've got a, I've got a family and I assume most everybody else does too. I coach my son's lacrosse team. That's taken up. So I'm basically busy until the end of May. 
for uh, with lacrosse and stuff like that. So I seriously start scouting in June. That's when I'm really, really ramping it up. When you know where you're going to be. Yep. I know where I'm going to be, and I've got, you know, I've got a couple units that will kind of bounce back and forth between, but, uh, and, and I mean, we're, we're pretty fortunate here in Colorado and that there's, there's a lot of good units here. I mean, there really yeah. are. I mean, right. that unit you guys hunt, dude, there's more, they give out more tags there than any unit in the state. It's an opportunity hunt, mm-hmm. but nothing wrong with that at all. I mean, Hey, you guys took some great bucks out of there and we all tagged out. Always, yeah, yeah, that's amazing. We're coming back with twice as many tags this year, though, so we'll, well see what happens. you just increased the <laughs> level of difficulty by about 50%. Yes, so. <laughs> but you know what? That's It's going to make it all that much more fun. You guys have got the whole the whole season blocked out for it. And yeah. I'll bet I'll bet you guys come out with a success rate pretty close. I hope so. So. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, I, I mean, you know, I'll start scouting heavily in, in uh, in June, but then by the time July 4th rolls around, then you can start, you know, all the bucks look like they're going to be huge, <laughs> you know, when you've got nubs coming out of their heads. And I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know. People are like, why do you bother scouting that early? You can't tell where the big bucks are. I'm like, no, but I can see where the bucks are. And I mean, I want to know, I want to gain all the knowledge I possibly can. So I just start looking at them as early as I can. And I mean, you know, hey, it's an opportunity to hike my fat butt into shape a little bit. And that's, uh, you know, just getting a little bit more experience on the mountain. I mean, every time you go up there, you learn something. Yeah. You know, this year. Are you? Oh, go ahead. Well, I'm curious, like, are, are you finding your, your best scouting is done in the mornings? Yes. The evenings? Morning. So you're trying to get up to your spot. You're hiking. Are you hiking in the dark to get to a location? About ninety percent, unless I oversleep. Yes. <laughs> oversleeping. That Was never happens. Yeah. Oh well, if I'm going out there during the summer, three thirty. If I'm not, if I'm not up by three thirty, I'm screwed. Well, so, yeah. I mean, it kind of separates the contenders from the pretenders. There, you yeah. know, when you when your alarm goes off at three thirty, and you're like, ugh. What do, what are sane people doing this morning? <laughs> oh, that's right. They're still sleeping. So, yeah, they've still got two, three hours of sleep left. But, uh, you know, you get all the sleep you need when you're dead. So that's – uh, but, yeah, I, I try to get out there and just get as much intel on them as you possibly can. Cool. So, What time does it usually – well, I guess what time in the morning do you usually quit? Well, that's a – so that depends on a lot of things. I mean, if there's, if I'm going out midweek, mm-hmm. I'm done by eight o'clock, so I can haul butt back to town and yeah. get to work, you know. Right. But uh, and sometimes I'm done by seven o'clock. I mean, it's just, you know, sunrise is pretty early here in the in, during the summer, so we're yeah, able to get out there and get an hour, maybe an hour and a half of glassing in. And again, you know, it's just about building intel and just building that knowledge bank. So, um, but. You know, you, you'd asked if I had better luck in the mornings or evenings, and our our spot's pretty morning specific. They just aren't all that active in the evening out there. But I also feel that morning hunts are best for me because I can get out there, see when they're moving, and if you if you spot something, you can put them to bed and have the whole day to make a play. Where <clears throat> quite often, if you if a buck gets up in the evening, you know, say they get up an hour before dark. Well, you've got an hour to go over there and make that 
make that happen. It's no time. And, and quite often it's not, you know, yeah. I mean, it depends, but it all depends how big a country you're hunting. If you're hunting, you know, relatively small openings and, and stuff, then, you know, yeah, sometimes an hour is way more than enough, but in the area I hunt, it's, it's just not anyway, for the most part. Yeah. I can't <clears throat> see. I shot that big wide buck. I shot him in the evening and that's pretty much it. I don't think I've shot a, another deer in the evening. Other than the deer I shot last year on that late rifle hunt, but that was just an after work kind of deal. When you're gathering intel, um, are you just making mental notes, or I'm curious, do you keep a journal of some sort? Do you have Onyx? You're marking spots. What do you do to keep so, it all straight? So I keep, <laughs> I keep a ridiculous amount of pictures in my phone. And I will make notes. Uh, and when I say a ridiculous amount of pictures, let me see. 16,910 pictures right now on my phone. So, yeah. They're I mean, all just deer. An embarrassing <laughs> percentage of them are deer, yeah. yes. A couple pictures of my family and then some, you know, boring <laughs> pictures, you know. But, right. uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So, um, but, yeah, I, 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 keep a, I keep a lot of that. And then I, I will write some notes but i'm not really a good journaling kind of guy mm -hmm. i just kind of keep that mental rolodex up to date but you know and i typically i've i've found i found the buck or two or three that i want to target by you know like late july mm -hmm. and so i've got i've got a plan pretty well in place by then you know i, I know where i need to be where i think he's going to show up and i'll kind of start focusing in on that a little bit more nice so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I used to, uh, I had an Onyx, uh, chip in my GPS and I haven't used GPS in a while, but, uh, that thing was just, you know, every, every waypoint on there was like deer one, deer two. And once I got up to like deer 158, I'm like, I don't know if this is quite good enough. Here. I don't know if this is really, uh, differentiating things enough, but, yeah. uh, be kind of yeah. cool if you could at attach a photo to a waypoint now that would be very cool that would yeah be very cool yeah so now you could have some good intel yeah that'd be a great idea yeah i'll oh, see get up on x we're gonna, yeah, <laughs> we're gonna email the sent after this potentially million dollar idea just tell them you just want a small cut and just a, just two percent just 80 to 90 percent you know, that's all yeah you, all you're looking cut. for yeah we can't we release this podcast a little something <laughs> That's true. You can't release this podcast till I've. That's right. Until this the contract. patent is uh, is well underway. Contract. Get ink on paper. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, that'd be a fantastic idea. You know, it really would. Yeah. A lot of features that I really do like about Onyx. You know, we use it a lot, and uh, well, there's a lot of good stuff in there. But, but that's I one. haven't used it all that much. I mean, we've used it a bit. We used it a lot this year. Antelope hunting. Uh, my buddy had it on his phone, and we just yeah. kind of. I mean, you know, we. You know how that spot is. You kind of drive from one open area to another open area, and yeah. you know, so you spend half your day looking into your phone. You look like a teenager, you know, checking their Instagram feed. Right. But uh, <laughs> but in reality, you're doing something productive. You're you know? working. Yeah. yeah working absolutely. Hard. Yeah. Oh man, doing doing the the antelope hunt this year. I needed. Yeah. To know where. Oh, no it's not. Parcels I don't think it's even optional out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, back in the good old days, we used to just have to have a map, and it was, uh, 
tricky. What do you, yeah, what do you go off up there, though, with the map? There's no, there's no landmark. <laughs> roads. I guess road. Yo. Road, cross crossroads. That's it. That's the literally the only thing you could do because, I mean, it's not like the topography is really going to give you many no. indications because it's pretty flat. Yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious. We kept saying, you know, doing a stalk or something, be out there and like, oh, just up over that little peak over there. And it was amazing <laughs> yeah. what we were calling peak. Yeah. Your, your standards change. Oh, yeah. Your standards really change. You feel like somebody from, you know, like central Kansas out yeah. there. Visibility, I think, was like 87 miles. Oh, yeah. Something crazy. Yeah. I remember when I uh, I actually moved out here from Utah in 94. And I, I came out here one day, and I was, I was looking out east. We are driving up to Fort Collins to see a furniture store. And we, I looked out to the east, and I said, man, it's really flat out there. My boss at the time, he goes, yeah, you can see Chicago on a clear day. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, he's barely kidding because it is flat yeah. once you get east of Denver. And yeah, when I moved That's where here. we're hunting those antelope. So. Yeah, just it's flat out there. Yeah. When, I, when I moved out here, I did a – I'm an electrician. I, I did a job just a little east, like a little north and east, like up in Decano or something. Decano oh, okay, or, yeah. And uh, as soon as the sun came up, I panicked it was so flat. Yeah, it's, it's like being strange. out in the middle of the ocean, kind yep. of scary, you know. It's those amber waves of grain that you hear so much about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't. There's got to be a word for that. But it's just the opposite of claustrophobia. I did not like it because same. I moved out from it's Utah. Kind of strange. Yeah. Well, it, you probably spent the first six months out here lost because the big mountains are on the wrong side. They're on the wrong side. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel west. your pain. I completely understand that. <laughs> and I moved out here before GPSs, so. We had to do oh, it the old-fashioned way, you know, drive around until you find your way. Until you're not lost anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. So. Oh, I, I don't know what I would have done without GPS out here. Yeah. Well, you would have been lost a lot. I, <laughs> I can vouch for it. I started relying on the sun quite a bit more. But <laughs> when it's foggy out here, which happens more often than I thought it ever would. Yeah. Yeah, in the mornings we get some fog. Yeah. Or, or just the storm rolls in or something, and you can't yeah. see the sun. There's no shadow, and then you can't see the then mountain. You're in trouble. You're just <laughs> you're lost, totally lost. That's funny. But yeah. So yeah, man, we gotta do that GPS idea. That uh, yeah, that's a, that is a great idea. It really is. So you could you could see it when you get it when you get it home and put it on your on your computer screen. You could really map it out and kind of see those. You could start picking up travel patterns on them pretty quickly then. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That would be a great idea. Absolutely. So you're, yeah. you said you're pretty much done scouting by July 4th? No, no. I, I start really cranking it up. Oh, July really 4th. cranking it up. Yeah, because that's when, that's when those second forks are starting to kind of kick in, you know, and the, the big forkies start turning into four points. Mm -hmm. And then you start... You, at that point, you can start really kind of weeding them out, weeding the good ones out. Right, right, right. So, yeah, that's when. And then by, I, I always get I always get really busy the second half of July, and I always intend to scout more, but I usually have enough intel leading up to that that by the time I get back out there in like early August, you know, you start looking at those bucks and. It's pretty rare that you get one that fools you. This year, I had I had two bucks that totally fooled me. I saw them on, I think it was like the 17th or 18th of July. And I thought, man, that those two bucks are going to be great. Yeah. 
And I thought, you know, they've still got a full month, month and a half to, of growing to do. And, uh, and I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to keep an eye on them. And I saw them the opening day of the season. And I thought, boy, that has a lot of the same characteristics, but it's about the same size that buck was in mid-July. And as it turns out, that was the same buck. He was just almost done in mid-July. So Interesting. Yeah, it was just kind of strange. He was a young, he was a little, little younger deer than I thought. I mean, when I saw him, it was you know, like two miles away and really early morning. So, And the sun was rising up behind them, so I lost him pretty quick. You know, once it got real light, it was... It was just they were totally washed out. So, hmm. but yeah, those those bucks fooled me. That that was an interesting was an interesting one for me because I thought for sure those two were just going to be studs. Did you feel like you wasted some time watching them? Yep. <laughs> I, it, more importantly, I felt like I wasted a lot of hours after that trying to relocate them. Oh yeah. Yeah, and that was, I mean, you know, truly, I was. I was watching, you know, off to the east for the, or to the west for my buck that I'd been scouting. And all I had to do was turn 180 degrees around and look up to the, look up to the east, but, uh, for the other bucks. But I spent too much time panning that skyline up there looking for those bucks. But yeah, those were, those were kind of a disappointment in the end. That's, it's a bummer. Yeah. Lesson learned. You still found some great (laughs) bucks this year. We sure did. We had, great you know, honestly, I think I think antler development in Colorado this year was just really good, yeah. and it's kind of strange because it wasn't exactly a real wet year. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, most of our state was classified as severe drought, but yeah. uh, still managed to see good antler development out there. So, are you running trail cameras at all? Um, I have one. In fact, it's still out there, and I keep thinking to myself, I need to go grab that, but. <laughs> Truly, that's on an elk spot. The the deer out here, because we can't do trophy rock or, you know, critter lick, any of that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, they're all, it's all considered baiting in Colorado. Right. So, so uh, it's not a real high odds proposition for us, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, you know, most of the deer don't come to water that often. They're, you know, they feed where they feed. you know and it varies from day to day and apparently on a whim sometimes you Mm -hmm. know and so they just aren't as quite as effective for us as they are for guys out in utah and arizona and places like that all right so i'm gonna admit right now i have not done a single day of scouting for deer this year part of that is because i felt like a lot of my time last year come on man was wasted (laughs) (laughs) i set two cameras last year and and went out every every free weekend that I had. I uh, took my daughter out a couple of times. She's four. We just yeah. sit in the truck and sure. had a pretty good vantage point, and we'd watch these deer and and uh, and elk and everything. And anyway, opening opening day comes, and there are there aren't deer in any place I had seen deer all summer. Well, that's kind of the tricky part. Third season's late enough that they're on a totally different pattern. Yeah. You know, their needs have gone from eating like crazy to feed that antler development and to put on winter fat, you know, which is what you're seeing through the summer. You're seeing them on that feed cycle and that feed pattern. And then once you get out there that late, they're cruising for chicks. You know, they're looking for girls. They're not, or they're storing up and just waiting for that, waiting for that to kick in. So, right. October, October's a weird time to hunt deer, you know, they're just not. 
they're just not quite as active. So yeah, makes it a little more uh, makes it a little more critical to just. I, in my opinion, it makes it more critical to just sit down and absolutely pick apart with glass the places where you know they should be. Yeah. Because chances are they're still there. That, yeah, well, I guess part of, the, part of the problem with last year, me scouting was I don't think I got far enough off the road. And so, you know, I, I found animals quick. Yeah. Just, and so I just watched those animals and then uh, – and. All summer, I didn't see a single soul either. It was just me alone. Yeah. And, and then, like I said, they give out a lot of tags up there. Oh, yeah, I, I know that now. It's just you and 4,000 <laughs> of your closest friends. You yeah. Know. <laughs> people say pumpkin patch, but I've never seen so many. I mean, it, it was a pumpkin patch. So, how far off the road did you guys have to get to become maybe just like a couple scattered pumpkins? Because I don't know that you can really truly get completely away from it in Colorado. No. There are, there are very few places where you're really off the road. Like, yeah. But it, So that first deer that we killed, we glassed up across that canyon. Mm-hmm. It was probably the furthest, well, it definitely was the furthest away from a road that we got. And uh, honestly, it's the least amount of people that we saw. What, there was... A uh, son or a, a dad and his daughter that shot a very nice buck. I remember hearing about that. Shot a stud that they were pulling out of the oh, sled. Oh, yeah, right up. Oh my gosh. Okay, that's property. old school Colorado right there, man. Yeah. This, pulling them out on the sled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just going for a meat buck, you could tell. <laughs> oh, well, a, they had a. They come out with a giant yeah. meat buck, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> They had a cabin in the private, and so they were able to get right to this location where we had to hike clear around. Yeah. So we were we were feeling a little bummed out, but we we kept going up um, the mountain and got to the top of the ridge where we had this great big canyon, and then another mountain across away from us where we ended up ultimately seeing and harvesting that buck. But there was only Did one other, and that's the one you guys just glassed up, bedded right. Up yeah, yeah. It, we sat down and and made a a warming fire. We were freezing at this point. <laughs> yeah, that that third season up at, up yeah. at that elevation, that is no joke. Oh, That's, it was cold. Any time we sat there. down. Oof. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, we we only saw one other guy, and he was actually on this point where we wanted to be sitting to glass, and he had a fire, and um, I bet you we glassed for probably a good forty five minutes before we. We actually located that buck, and then uh, Ian showed up, and we. I mean, are they bedded like an aspen? Yeah. Yeah. So, I I don't know how Dylan made the spot that he did on this buck because we glassed up several does scattered throughout the hill, but he glassed up this buck that was in the trees, and I mean it was a a great spot on his part, (laughs) and uh, it looked it looked like very open. From where we were, and uh, by the time Dylan and I got within 200 yards, it was thick, and we were like, "How in the heck? Where is this buck?" Yeah. Huh? yeah, some of those some of those patches get they're deceptive because you look in from the top, but you don't yeah. see all the under aspens that are growing up in there, yeah. you know. But yeah, that's really cool. So, what um, are you guys planning on kind of using the same techniques this year up there? Um, well, now we know the, the area a little bit better. 
yeah, you we got spent a more intel there. <laughs> we spent some time cruising around after uh, after that day. We we slept in the next day because it took us till we were out till what eleven. Yeah, packing that buck out. Oh, that's fun. And we're we're oh, just yeah. beat out of water. <laughs> just <laughs> because we had, were beat. We had to circumvent that that private. Oh yeah, you had to cut all we the way back around the private. All the way back down. I <laughs> oh, think it ended up being about six miles back out. Oh, just the way that good we thing went. you guys brought your sleds, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was nuts. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, but yeah. So, so this year, now knowing the the terrain a little bit better, we have some some uh, other places I think we'd like to hit before yeah. <laughs> we we really dive in super before far. Sell in- out on the six mile spot. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah! But yeah. Well, I loved your story where you guys uh, were following a truck and oh, yeah. ended up following the wrong truck, but ended up leading to a buck, you know? Oh, shot, hey, shot that, a good buck. That is Ian's luck right Happy there. Happy accidents, like, man. Yeah, Happy accidents. That was you that did that one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he follows the wrong truck right to a buck. He takes a borrowed rifle that he hasn't shot and oh, shoots yeah. this deer right in the heart. And it's like this bomber two point. (laughs) What? I still get so stoked every time I see that book. You should. Heck yeah. I do. I get so excited. Yeah. He's not. He's not hung up at all yet. We got plaster walls at the house, and I haven't found a. Oh man. I haven't found the courage to dig into the plaster and hang it, you know. But uh, he's just sitting on this chair. He's got his own chair at the house. Well, he does. Well, there you go. At least you've given him a prominent. He's got a spot, you know. know, I I love. I just get so excited when I see it. That's what's so cool is be able to look at, you know, and I, I, I mean, I, I look at every buck in here, and I, if I, if I just kind of sit there and think about it, I mean, that buck, I chased him for two years. Yeah. Got him the last day of the season, you know, and I mean, you just, the whole story just comes back in your mind, and yeah. you just see all the details and, yeah. you know, seeing that arrow in flight and watching him tumble down the hill, you know, it's just... It's so cool to be able to relive those things every time you walk by the bucks. So, yeah. So that's the thing. That. That's the whole argument with, with trophy. I did air quotes here. Trophy hunting, you know. The, the trophy's the memory, and, and these, these mounts help relive Absolutely. those memories. Yeah, yeah. It's just a way of capturing of capturing that memory. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yep. And I have, I have no problem with it. And I, I thought a lot this year while I was hunting about, am I a trophy hunter? Because I, I don't know. I, I really don't. It, it's something I've never really thought about. I've, I've always kind of felt like I was more of like an experience hunter. But this year, I, I guess I was more of a trophy hunter because I hunted one buck and I, you know, kind of stayed real committed to that buck until I didn't. <laughs> and, well, you know, like I said, hey, I'm not, I'm not complaining about how things worked out for right. me. But it's, uh, I guess this year I was a trophy hunter. And it it took a lot more discipline than I thought it would, you know, to just stay 100% focused on one animal. And, I mean, it, it's something that, honestly, I don't even know if I'll do it again. I mean, I passed up way too many fun bucks that would have been cool to... Yeah. I passed this... I passed up the buck I ultimately shot. I passed him up twice. And, you know, all the while knowing, man, I'd be so happy with that buck. Yeah. I just wanted a trashy buck. Oh, this is a trashy buck. He he definitely is a trashy buck. But yeah. uh, 
you know, and I, it, it just, it, I, I don't, I don't know that being a trophy hunter is a bad thing by any means. Well, it's somebody who's selective, right? Who's selectively harvesting the most mature animal on the mountain. There's not anything wrong with that at all. And I know a lot of trophy hunters who are perfectly okay with just eating the tag at the end of the season. Sure. Yeah. I'm not there yet. <laughs> so let me ask you: Were you were you holding out on this your number one buck because that's the buck you knew you wanted, or was it because you wanted to see if you could hold out? Was it more of a personal quest? I think there's a little bit of both in that, and also I'd had, like I said, this was my third year chasing that buck, and right. I just I didn't think I'd be able to sleep at night unless I gave it everything I had. And honestly, I've still lost sleep over that buck. <laughs> even you know, even though even though the season ended perfectly, I still have each one of those stalks. Yeah. You know, I mean, I had one time I was coming out from around a bush, and I on the right side of the bush, there were a couple of couple of branches, and I just couldn't get the shot. But as soon as I was able to clear the left side of the bush, I was going to come out from that bush at full draw, smoke him. Sounds like a good plan. Yeah, it, it was. <laughs> I mean, the wind swirled and he smelled me, you know. But, uh, <laughs> but man, I was a foot and a half away from being at full, being, you know, full draw on this buck yeah. again. But not the way it worked out. Well, I'm going to cross my fingers that you get a chance next year. Well, I hope so. I, I mean, one way or the other, I, I had a lot of fun, and yeah. I couldn't. I it would be it would be selfish for me to ask for more experience with that mm -hmm. buck but uh i mean don't get me wrong i'd gladly take it yeah because i'm a little bit of a selfish person so you know let's think like, but three years in possibly a fourth season coming up possibly you could you could be stalking them next year oh man there's so much history there you kind of want to see that closure oh at your my hand. gosh i yeah obviously i do yeah. and if i like i said the two guys who are out there hunting them i mean both of them i know them and i'll be able to go down there and and see the, you know, see the buck yeah. and hold the rack and, you know, probably cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crocodile tears, you know, but, um, but uh, no, I mean, it, it'd be kind of, it will be kind of weird, you know, knowing that, and that's been kind of this strange realization for yeah. me is that, hey, I gave it all I could. I did. I mean, I, I know for a fact that, yeah, there were a couple times I could have pushed in and gone for a stock, but, you know. If the wind's wrong, he's going to see you, going to hear you. You just there's chances that you just are better off not taking, and that's kind of right. the. I, I tried to take a real cautious approach with this buck, and I sure did. And you know, there's a lot of times where I don't know. Maybe I should have. Maybe I should have been more aggressive. Maybe I should have pushed it. But yeah. you know, at the end of the day, I had a heck of a lot of fun and learned a lot chasing that buck. Can't really I, ask for more than that. Yeah, I know it sounds kind of corny, but I learned a lot about myself, and in the respect that uh, I don't know that I'm really cut out for that. For holding out on a deer. Yeah, I mean, I I I truly enjoyed the pursuit. Uh -huh. I did. I enjoyed it. You know, kind of the chess match of you know. I, there were days where, because to get up to my glassing point, it it sucks. It's steep. Mm -hmm. It's it's only about a mile, but it is a bust your butt the whole step every step of the way mile yeah and you know i mean it was i was up there 
20, I think it was 20 times this year out of the 23 days I, I didn't just admit to hunting 23 days, but, uh, <laughs> but I, I was up, I climbed that mountain 20 times. Wow. And there were three other times that I went to a different spot. Twice it was just, dude, I just, my legs just need a break, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, I went over and saw some other bucks and had some fun over there. And one of the other days I took my son over and, and, uh, hunted with him over there and another day I was trying to uh trying to help my friend get a buck so we just went to a little easier little higher percentage spot but uh yeah it was fun I mean I had a great time doing it learned a lot and you know it was uh it was quite an experience can't wait to can't wait for the next season to yeah try to make it happen yeah even even tagging out, you're always kind of like, okay, next next year I'm going to do this different. Or oh, I'm always scheming or something, on something there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think most of us are. I mean, when, but the funny thing is, you know, I, I mean, hey, I, you know, I said earlier, shot a mule deer with my bow twelve years in a row. Well, there were a lot of years leading up to that of unfilled tags sure. of lessons learned of oh man you know mm-hmm. of just dreading the end of the season and uh, you know but the passion was growing in me all that time and yeah. once it once it really kind of took over and scouting became more important and you know just preparing yourself all year round for that opportunity that's when the success came you know yeah but yeah it's uh Every year, though, every year it's a new set of challenges, and that's what that's what I enjoy so much about it is just getting yeah. to get out there and try it all over again. Try to yeah. use this year's lessons on next year's buck. Right. So, which next year's buck doesn't always have the same plan. No, they you. very <laughs> seldom do actually. <laughs> In my, and that's the funny thing is each buck you chase is you know the the terrain the the the, the buck itself they all have kind of a different personality and a different mm-hmm. you know just different things that that get them going or and you know different things that scare them. I mean, you, typically when bucks wind you, they that's something they don't that's a sense that they don't question. They just stand yeah. up and take off running but like i said twice this buck winded me and just kind of stood up and looked around and moseyed off but i've heard that uh deer and elk can uh they can see you and then be okay they can hear you and then be all right but if they wind you you're screwed and if they do any combination of those three you're also screwed well, and and that's now see we something we learned years ago chasing antelope was they'll see you, but they want to they still want to confirm with another yeah. sense, and typically they can't hear you because the wind's blowing Mach six out oh, they there. Blow, they blow it like a little kazoo. Thing they do. They have that little kazoo call that they yeah. do, but they'll and that's trying to get you to move, trying to get you to to bait you into moving again. So I heard that was like like a, like a little call like hey, you cool. And then if you do it back, they're like, all right, he's cool. Yeah, I've tried doing it back. I had an antelope call at one point. Yeah. I can make animals run, though, with calls. <laughs> I'm not a great caller. but uh, It didn't which work is for me either. Part of why I hunt mule deer, because you can't really call them anyway. So. Yeah. But 
But now the uh, one thing we learned though is that they will quite often run downwind to try to com- to try to cut the wind. Yeah. And yeah. so we had bucks years ago, and this was back when I was just kind of learning how to hunt. You know, and my my wife and I were out there chasing them around, and um, we learned that one day. And the next day we were out there, had a buck, you know, saw us, blew out. And we just ran straight downwind over the hill. And he came around right under us at less than 100 yards. I'm like, he did it again. Dang. That's so cool. So we, we kind of were checking that, uh, you know, for consistency, see if it, if it held over mm-hmm. multiple animals. And it sure did. So, yeah, yeah it's something that, uh, you know, again, it's one of those things. We didn't read it. We didn't, you know, we just, we just kind of learned it the hard way. Like, yeah. Yeah, now you know. Life's lessons. Now we know. Yeah. yeah. There you go. And it's uh, it's helped us out. I mean, they'll, you know, hopefully one day it'll lead me to a buck, but, you know, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned hiking your steep mountain 20 times? 20 times. And you mentioned doing everything you can to be prepared for the hunt. Yeah. But you also do this thing or have this little thing not fit for the hunt oh not fit to hunt not yeah fit to hunt. okay so not fit to hunt was a it was actually born out of a, a, a joke i made on online one day mm-hmm. and i was actually hunting out on the wasatch front in the in the extended there out and i had bought yep out in utah and i'd bought a uh, an energy bar on the way up there all right it was butterfinger and um, <laughs> Butterfingers are There's plenty of calories yeah. in that. That's Absolutely. all you need is calories. Absolutely. So anyway, <laughs> and it was a, a different type of Butterfinger. It had like three different shaped Butterfingers in there. Okay. And it said, um, and it, it, it said three servings or serves three. <laughs> and so I held, I held it out and I took a picture of it and I said, and I, I posted it on Instagram and I said, when will the makers of energy bars stop judging us and telling us how many servings it takes to eat their can- their bar? Yeah. And I put hashtag not fit to hunt just as a total joke. <laughs> and I figured how, what more, what's more appropriate when you're taking pictures of a candy bar while out hunting. Yeah. And, and I'd maybe gotten a little tired of seeing all the CrossFit guys. You know? Oh, yeah, there's a lot of that. Know, it's, <laughs> all these guys are like, man, if you don't CrossFit, you don't have any chance of having success out here. Like, well... Yeah. My grandpa didn't CrossFit. Exactly. <laughs> I, I can give you a long list of people who have never been in a CrossFit gym yeah. and kill stuff every year. But, you know, and the same and the same could be said in reverse, too. But anyway, um, it was really funny because I, I just, I posted that. I shut my phone off so it wouldn't be dead when I, you know, by the end of the day searching for Signal. Mm-hmm. And when I got back to Signal, I had... I'll bet I had a dozen text messages, a bunch of Instagram and Facebook messages, and everybody just said, holy crap, that is hilarious. You've <laughs> got to do something with this. And I've got a friend of mine, Craig Wakefield, who's, uh, who's, who's younger than me, smarter than me, and far more tech savvy than me. And he goes, Henry, I'm going to help you set it up right now. This is happening. You've been talking about doing like a a web series on, you know, instructional <laughs> archery stuff. And he goes, yeah. you helped me do it. You helped me become an archer. And he goes, this just has to happen. And he goes, you just named your page. 
I said, named it what? He goes, not fit to hunt. <laughs> like, are you serious? So anyway, that was it. And so my buddy Tim, uh, my buddy Tim Lang and I, we, we started the page Not Fit to Hunt. And it's basically just an opportunity for us to continue being goofballs. There you go. And make a few fat jokes at our own expense. Because, you know, I'm, I'm at least 100 setups away from perfection. And <laughs> if I'm honest, it might be more than that at this point. But... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm an optimist. So. Yeah, there you go. But, you know, I don't know if those are like 100 consecutive sit-ups or like one a day. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just conf- – the whole fitness thing just confuses me. So. It's confusing to everybody. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. Some people have it figured out. What's but. healthy for people changes every year, it seems like. Absolutely. Absolutely. And at last I checked, kale was still healthy, and it tastes like <laughs> crap. So yeah. I, I can't do it. It's no. it's just not going to happen. If it's that's terrible. what it takes to live forever, I'm sorry. I'm going to die eventually. Yeah, I know. The Butterfinger tastes way better. Butterfingers are significantly better than kale. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't even know how you keep kale fresh in your backpack anyway. <laughs> I mean. Too know, much noise in that bag, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of noise <laughs> in the bag. And, I mean, it, could you imagine you're sitting there on hour two of a stock waiting for that buck to stand up? And you're like, man, I am so hungry right now. Do you unwrap a candy bar or do you whip out some kale? <laughs> what, what do you do? I mean, do you, are, are, you know, are you really sitting there going, man, I'm sure glad I stopped at Whole Foods on the way yeah. up here and grabbed Spent that. $37 on leaves. Yeah, exactly. A bushel or bundle or grundle <laughs> yeah. of kale. I don't know what the grundle measure sounds right. is for kale. We'll go with <laughs> a grundle of kale. Yeah, a grundle of kale. <laughs> So uh, maybe, maybe it just doesn't seem like practical kale. to me. So it doesn't seem practical. I'll bet deer would love kale. But maybe if you covered yourself in kale or carried enough kale with you, you maybe would if you're like sweating kale instead of butterfingers, you could think that be considered that baiting be, in Colorado? Though it probably would be. Yeah. They'd find a way to make it baiting. And you know what? It's just not worth the risk of losing your hunting privileges. Just yeah, I dropped it out of my backpack, I promise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sure you did, sir. I see where you've been dropping it all the way from your truck into a large pile right here with a tree stand next yeah. to it. Kind of weird. <laughs> it's my snack bin. <laughs> That's right. Do you think they get you if you just tried that with butterfingers? Like maybe deer like butterfingers. I don't that's that's totally natural. They would they would accept that. Yeah, Absolutely. No jury of my peers would convict me, I can tell you that. <laughs> So what what are you doing with not fit to hunt? Well, we have a uh, we have like twenty five videos up on on YouTube, and at some point we're going to get back to doing videos again. But um, hunting tips, archery form, and instruction. Um, it's all serious, or is it kind of like a, sure. a satire? Well, it's serious. It's it's good information. Okay. With a fair amount of humor mixed in. So it's not like archery instructions that tell you to dry fire your bow and stuff like that? No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. I leave that to Towson Jenkins. There you go. He nailed that. <laughs> he did nail that. He did. And he I, nailed that they did. I, I give him all the credit in the world. That was probably one of the funniest things yeah. I've ever seen on Instagram. Um, uh, but, <laughs> so uh, yeah, those guys are beauties. But, uh, no, so we, we're doing... Um, we do a lot of archery form. That's kind of our, our main emphasis. And then a couple things on, we've done some stuff on glassing. You know what I should have done? This would have been outstanding. I should have done a whole series on me trying to set up a gun this year to 
get ready to hunt to the get, first to get ready to rifle hunt that would have been good holy crap you talk about somebody trying to perform an unnatural act <laughs> i felt like a complete buffoon about half the time because i i mean i'm sitting here go okay okay so I've got it sighted in, and at 100 yards, it's money. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is dot and eyes at 100 yards. How do I shoot farther than that? <laughs> <laughs> and I literally, I spent, and, and what did I do? I called my buddy Brent Morrill, who is a great shot with a rifle, but there's only so much that can be explained over the phone sure. and through text messages. So I got on YouTube. YouTube's great. YouTube's awesome. And I watched a whole bunch of videos, most of which I would never watch again. But you <laughs> like like anything, you find somebody whose style kind of works for you, mm-hmm. and you just kind of hone in on that. There you go. So now I almost know the difference between Mills and MOA. Um, and I almost know that I don't know how to apply that. But uh, I do know that one's metric, one's inches, and it's, it's a whole thing. Yeah. But... I think I think I know enough to guide my wife and son in on some animals next week. There you go. And that's all I can really ask. It's 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 going to be interesting though. You've got all this practice archery hunting, stalking into within forty yards. I'm sure most of the time. I I tried. I got, I've gotten too close lately. A few yeah, times. there you go. So it was a hundred yard rifle. Well, see, that's the you weird should, thing. You should be fine. Yeah, so my wife, that, that buck up there, she shot that buck at, like, 78 yards. Like, dude, I would have smoked that thing with my freaking bow, and he stood up right there, and yeah. it had been three months earlier, you know? But uh, it, it's just kind of funny. I mean, it's your instincts as a hunter are kind of dependent upon the style of hunting that you do, you know? And, I mm-hmm. mean, my experience has been largely bow hunting, so... I just kept getting closer and kept getting closer. <laughs> what do you know? Here we are, like, you know, 80 yards. And all the practicing we'd done with that rifle had been 200 yards. Yeah. And so she hit a little bit high on it, but dropped him like a bad habit, you know. And there it you worked out perfectly. But, uh, you know, then her, her uh, in fact, the best part, though, the best part was last year I called my shot. Yeah? No, that's not the accurate way of saying it. Last year, I called her shot, and I, I made a joke about um, we were going in. I was going in on my first rifle elk hunt. I wasn't the shooter, but my wife was, and I said, now all those, all those bulls that sat there and laughed at this helpless bow hunter at 200 yards, <laughs> they better duck. That's what I said, and uh, 24 hours later, 209 yards away, there's a six-by-six six bull. And I'm like, oh, this is just too perfect. Yeah. And she smoked it. Just awesome. dropped it right there. I'm like, 200 yards? I even called it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know how frustrating that is as a bow hunter. I mean, gosh, you, you get there and, I, I mean, you know, there's, there's stocks that you just, you think, I, I think I have the worst weapon <laughs> for this situation. I, I could probably be more effective with a rock, a knife, you know, it's it just a, a muzzle loader, a rifle, anything, but anything but this, you yeah. know, but, uh, but it's, I think that's kind of the cool thing about the, the cool difference between a rifle hunt and a bow hunt is, you know, you see something with a rifle. If you're a good shot, you've got a good gun. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a good chance you're going to be able to make it happen. Yeah. And 
you know, whereas if you see a good buck, you know, or a good animal with a, with a bow, even if you've got the world's best bow and you're a great shot, uh, let's go see what happens. Yeah, a, lot, <laughs> a lot of variables. Yeah. There's so many, there's so many things that can go wrong and you know, you've, and it's just that, you know, the difference between, you know, 250 yards and 50 yards it does. It, it seems like it's only 200 yards, but I swear it's a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just so many more things, and everything's just so much more. You know, their senses are so much more amplified once you get in close. So yeah, just a lot that can go wrong. And I've yes, there is. I've made just about all those things go wrong over the years. <laughs> <laughs> so, all learning experiences. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, but, um, you learn the best from your failures. Yeah, I've I've been I've got a lot I've got a lot to draw on. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's good though. Hey, and that's but you know what? That's that's the only way you get good at something is by failing a lot, and that's. Uh, well, I don't know. Twelve years in a row is not failing too much. Oh, you don't know how many blown <laughs> stocks led up to every single one of those animals, man. Yeah. Lots and lots, lots and lots. Not I had a friend sure. tell me once it's a, it's a one in ten. You know, archery mule deer is just a numbers game. Yeah, and I think archery. In fact, I know archery antelope's the same. It's just you know you've got to get, got to get ten stocks to be able to get that one that works out. And I've got some friends who are way better stalkers than me apparently because they seem to get it done real early on. But uh, yeah, you know, there was we can't all be Sean Morgan for crying out loud. I know. You know <laughs> opening day every year. Every year. I, A good buck, his buck. I mean, seriously. <laughs> Every I, year. I, it just blows me away. He's good. That's awesome. Yeah. Someday. 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 Probably not, but maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd love for him just once. But I don't know. Again, you know, 364 days. Sitting here thinking about thinking about next year. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. That's a long time. That's a long, long time. Yeah. So for me, you know, I got second to last day of the season this year yeah talk about maximizing your time that's the thing yeah <laughs> wait yes you hold out and then just shoot shoot something last minute last day you maximize absolutely the whole hey, season i almost shot a doe the day before because i had my son with me and yeah. there's this doe bedded out there we literally walked right down through this wash right past this doe and she just sat there watched you know our head just kind of followed us watched us walk out of sight couldn't believe it and i thought man that you know it is neither sex tag i should just do it i got <laughs> kyle here man am i glad i didn't shoot that doe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we were actually going down to stock another buck that had actually as it turns out moved on without us but uh yeah it gave kyle some more stocking experience if nothing else so nice yeah It'll pay off. So. Can't have too much of that. No, I am definitely of in agreement on that. Yeah. So. Um, back to not fit to hunt. Oh yeah. Um, not to keep moving backwards here, but. Oh, you're fine. So that that page is it's a different thing than your big chief Wackabuck page. Yeah. So my friend Tim and I both contribute to that one. Okay. Um, and it's mostly. Archery tips and things. Yeah, you're lately it's just been a lot of goofing off and stupid memes and stuff. But no CrossFit <laughs> though. Uh, you know what? 
I, one thing I can guarantee you is that you will never see a picture of us with our shirt off flexing in a mirror. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. It's not happening. Not ever going to happen. Um, and, you know, it's going to be, uh, you know, we'll put postal stories of our hunts and stuff on there and lessons that we've learned on it. But, uh, you know, my buddy found a couple of really nice match sets of sheds this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they still had a little bit of the skull plate attached and everything. Yeah. I mean, you know, pretty cool. That's cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it, it's just kind of a fun page for us. I mean, we just we kind of goof off on there as much as anything. But we'll buckle down this winter and get back to putting archery form tips up there and stuff again. We've, we've been wanting to do one on all the different ways that you can punch a trigger. Yeah. And... Uh, I mean, because, you know, for shooting a bow as long as I have, I've, I think I've seen, in fact, I've done most of them, but I, I've seen just about every way you can punch a trigger, you know, mm -hmm. and we're going to do a, we're going to do a video on that. And that's, that's going to be, that's going to be fun because it's going to be, uh, I think most people will be able to identify with it. They'll be able I'm to look at that and go, oh, I am totally the crouching ninja on that one. That's my technique. Yeah. That's my jam, you know, but, uh. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. That'll be cool. Hey, Henry, just takes a lot of time. Yeah. What's up? How long have you been shooting a bow? It, it's been most of your life, hasn't it? Um, thirty-one years now. Thirty-one so, years. Yeah, I did take a little break when I met my wife. Uh, just before I met my wife, because I mean, if if she knew I was addicted to archery, would she really have married me? Probably. <laughs> so I took up fly fishing for a little while, and she thought that was better. Oh, my grandpa's into fly fishing. Oh, yeah. That's fine, you know. <laughs> you know, but I, I'm not. I'm not a personality that does something part way. Yeah, I, I just do it or I don't. You know, and so yeah. archery for me is archery is a is a huge passion for me, and it's something that I can do it year round. It's uh, you know, if you're having a bad day, go out and shoot some arrows. If you're having a great day, go out and shoot some arrows. If you're just having a day, go shoot, shoot some arrows. arrows. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's uh, it's just a great way to, to kind of calm your mind and just. It is. You've got to be focused on it. You well, can't be thinking about two things. That's exactly it. Archery requires 100% of your attention. Yeah. Because if you if your mind slips off and you start thinking about something else, um I, I shoot a I shoot an indoor 3D league up at up at no limits throughout the throughout the winter. You go that far up? Oh yeah, dude, they got a 40 yard indoor range. Heck yeah, I go that far up. I mean, it's like a 50 minute drive for me, but yeah. totally worth it. I go every Wednesday night because that league, that league can help you. Yeah. And the reason I say that is, first of all, you're shooting, you're shooting animals, so you're picking a spot you're making your shot you're trying to compete against your friends or compete against last week's score whatever you know you're just trying to improve but at the end of the night they have a one and so everybody pays your entry fee but a dollar from everybody's entry fee goes into the pot and it's winner take all closest to the center one shot so this the target looks like a friggin pin cushion by the end of the night you yeah. know i mean there's Everybody takes one shot at this target. And, I mean, so as you're stepping up to the line, and it's one at a time. So one guy steps up, takes a shot, steps back, next guy steps up. And, I mean, 
it's not uncommon for there to be 40 to 50 people up there. So there's 40, 50 arrows in that target. <laughs> but there's also 40 to 50 people watching you shoot. So, it, and the cool thing about that is it forces you, if you're sitting there at full draw going, I wonder what they're thinking looking at me. Is my draw elbow too high? Do yeah. they think, man, that guy looks like a friggin' archer. You know, if you're sitting there thinking about stuff like that instead of bury that pin in the center of that ring, you're going to miss. Yeah. You know, I mean, it requires you to focus. So it's it's things like that that, you know, you get those high stress or higher pressure situations. Mm -hmm. And I think those are the things that help you make good shots when it really matters, too. You know, I mean, hey, if there's a buck sitting out there and you're like, oh, my gosh, it's this one shot. And then you look at it and you're like, oh, wait a minute. I've totally made this shot before. Yeah. Then your mind, it relaxes you a lot, you know, and you just, you calm down and you are able to focus on the task at hand. Yeah. So that's why I love shooting those leagues. I just think they, I think they do way more good for people than, than most people realize. I, I should probably get on that. I'm not too far from No Limits. Wednesday <laughs> nights start November 1st. November 1st. I'll huh? start bugging you. Should. So my shoot, one of my shooting partners moved, so... I'll uh, pick me up on the way. Jump I'm, right in with us. I'm just off uh, Colorado and um, Colfax, pretty much. Oh, cool. Main main intersection closest to me, I guess. So. Okay, right on. Yeah, that's uh, it's a lot of fun though. Yeah, it's good time. Oh, I'm definitely gonna make it out so. sometimes. So, yeah. do you have you ever instructed? You know what? I mean, not like on an official basis. I mean, we do. You know, my buddy Tim and I. We've done this for like 12, 13 years in a row now. We've gone down and do a, uh, we do a, a archery demonstration for a Boy Scout camp that our church runs for a bunch of 11-year-old boys. So that's another fun thing where you're shooting at balloons at 100 yards. And, that would be cool. You know, you got 100 people watching you. Yeah. And they don't care that you missed it by a quarter of an inch. Yeah. They, you just missed. <laughs> you yeah. suck, you know. <laughs> so it's kind of fun. Again, you know, it just kind of helps build a little, build a little, put a little pressure on the situation. But uh, yeah. I've helped out friends and stuff, but I've never not, like, worked at a shop and charged for lessons okay. or anything. So. Just been shooting for a long time. Just been shooting for a long time. And, and much like mule deer hunting, I think I've made every mistake with archery you can make. I had target panic really, really bad for a long time and yeah. took me uh, combining a couple different methods to kind of get out of it. And a lot of time shooting my bow in my basement at a just blank cardboard target, you yeah. know. But uh, Do you have a place that you shoot here? Mm -hmm. at home? Yeah, I shoot in my basement a lot. Shoot I shoot the there a lot in the winter. Yeah. How far are you shooting in the basement? Um, I can shoot 10 yards, but most of my shots are at, you know, 6 to 10 feet. Gotcha. I mean, literally, I do a lot of blank bale shooting down there, and I'll just kind of put little little dots on targets and stuff and mm -hmm. practice aiming and stuff. Because so, I think those are two things that you need to practice often. You need to practice aiming, and you need to practice your shot execution. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they necessarily always should be practiced at the same time. Not every time you draw back does the arrow need to leave your bow? Sometimes you need to just draw back, aim on the target, just to, just to kind of build your, 
your confidence of your of your ability to aim because it's not always easy I and mean, that's what causes target panic for a lot of people yeah it's just that inability to aim as well as they think they should so you just you holding holding draw and holding aim for yep like I'll just sit there or? and aim you know for until the shot breaks down until it starts to you know drop out of the bottom or start to wiggle around too much and you know you try to kind of hold just a touch longer and then let it down and start over gotcha so yeah and that's something that, that like I good do practice. quite a bit yeah I've heard of the blank bill shooting like just uh, just letting the 20 arrows fly a night or something, you know? Yep. And I, and I did, and when I was going through the target panic recovery thing, that was, I, I shot blank bail for three months. Yeah. Did not shoot a single target for, for three months. So, and that's, and that's what it took for me. I mean, I had it, I had it pretty bad. I was pretty stubborn and stupid and let it go and let it fester and become a, a, my, <laughs> yeah. a major problem. Yeah. And so that's, that's why it took me longer to, to get out of it but gotcha pride yes <laughs> you know nothing more nothing i i could sum it up in in, in just those letters just yeah. pride that's <laughs> so it's one of those things that gets us all yeah and one time one year at the end of hunting season i just said you know what i'm done i'm just done punching the trigger and i'm gonna i'm gonna learn how to shoot right and it took me a while but man it was so worth it yeah I need to pick your brain. Anytime, man. Anytime. Pick. I've got I've gotten into a funk okay. where I I've developed some some target panic and then I yeah I get into that punching the trigger thing. So are you <laughs> able to hold on the target before you hit, um, it, or do you usually hit it as you're lifting the sight up towards the target? So, so, What's really crazy I is had that. Don't laugh. That's not funny. That's serious <laughs> stuff, man. That was that was hard. <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, I did really good. I had that my limited entry archery tag two years ago. Okay. And and we did the total archery challenge again last year, and I noticed that last year and this year not this year not so bad. But I was, I'd pull my bow back and I'd put the pin right on the target, and immediately it would drop. Like okay. I could not lie for me, raise my pin back up and put it back on target. So there's a couple things going on there. First of all, if for me, once my pin drops below the spot I'm aiming at, let down, just let down really? because you've got to, you've got to train, you've got to retrain your mind. First of all, you have to retrain your mind that that's not acceptable. So at some point your body and your mind are going to start talking to each other and going, Hey, you know what? This kind of sucks letting down. Why don't we try to figure out how to avoid this? And so basically, it's it's a breakdown in your form. Um, typically, that happens when you're losing tension on the back end of your shot. So if you're pulling, if you're squeezing with your back muscles, if you're actively squeezing, you're not going to pull. You're not going to drop out of the bottom. It just won't happen because your tension should be pushing straight towards the target and pulling straight away from it. And if you're pulling in a straight line it's not going to drop below the target. In fact, if you're pulling in a straight line, you're about to be blown away by how steady your sight picture can really be. Because it's, it's almost scary sometimes. When, you're, when it's right, man, that, I, I, I have shots where that pin just friggin' sits there. I mean, that, that buck this year, the buck I shot this year, I had, 
I had a deadfall that he was bedded behind because everything's dead out there. It's an old burn. Yeah. <laughs> and so there was a deadfall, and but he, like three fourths of his body was visible above it, you know. But he was he had brush, brush basically up to his shoulder, and then he had brush behind him, but he had a little opening. So I knew that there was like a little L there that I just needed to be above the log and right behind that back edge of the shoulder. And when my sight, when I drew back, it kind of floated around for a second and then it just got solid. And it just sat there. And I swear it felt like it sat there for two minutes. Obviously, it wasn't nearly that yeah, long. Probably 15 seconds. I, I'm sure it was all done in probably less than 10 seconds. But, you know, there's it's just kind of one of those things where you just kind of get caught up in that moment. Mm -hmm. And you're like hyper aware of everything around you, you know. I swore I heard a gnat fart, you know, off in the distance. You know? but, but all I was seeing was that pin, that little green pin hovering on that shoulder. And, I mean, when it, when, it's, when it's sitting solid like that, you know it's just a matter of time before that release breaks, you know, the shot breaks, and it's all done. Yeah. Because, you know, I knew I had the distance right, and that pin was just rock solid. And it's just a, it's such a huge confidence builder. But that takes, it takes a combination of properly fitting equipment. And when I say properly fitting equipment, I don't mean, yeah, I shoot a 29 and a half inch bow. I mean, I shoot, you know, a 29 and a 5 eighths inch bow. You know, it's, it's got to be right. And you'll know it when you get it absolutely right. Everything just locks in, like I said. It's, it becomes a lot easier then. You know, it's a combination of... Uh having the right stabilizers, having the right form, you know. Um, there's just so many things that contribute to it, to yeah. getting everything as it should be. But, uh, but McCade, I'll have you, I'll have you take a, uh, have somebody take a video of you shooting, and you can just send it yeah. to me on Facebook Messenger, and I'll help you out. But Perfect. We can get through that man. stuff way faster than you think, man. It takes, it takes some work, and it takes some, some focus. And, but you know what? You're done shooting deer with a bow this year, anyway, right? Yes, sir. I well, I have a have the extended um, elk hunt, but I don't, okay. I don't know if I'm going to make it out on that. Oh, okay, okay. Well, but pretty much well, done. Well, then, if that's the case, <laughs> then because I wouldn't recommend doing that and hunting at the same time. I, you want to be focused on just repairing your shot process and committing hmm. that to memory, and you don't want to sit there and draw back on a bull and go, okay. So my feet are set, put my butt, my hand in the grip, feel the grip right here. You know, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be thinking about each step of your shot process. You want to be thinking about, you know, that pin right, right behind that shoulder and nothing else, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, once the season's over, get in touch with me and we'll, uh, I'll, I'll walk you through it. We'll get you through it pretty Awesome. Much. I'd love that. You'll enjoy Total Archery Challenge a whole lot more because, man, that would be brutal if it was – if you were anything but on top of your game, that is not the place to go or it'll get real expensive. <laughs> How many arrows did you lose? Me? Yeah, you, you – I, I've shot it twice. I've shot it twice, and I've shot the – and we've just shot the prime course. We've shot the prime course three or four times, and I've lost none. None? None. But, wow. Um. And so the funny thing was, I went over there 
looking like I was trying out for like auditioning for a gold tip catalog. I mean, I think I had like 24 arrows the oh, first yeah. year. Dudes are loaded up. Oh yeah. I mean, I quiver was full backpack was full. You know, I'm like, man, this is, this could be so much fun. And literally we were on the last target. My buddy goes, you still have all your arrows, don't you? Like I do. I've been shooting one arrow all day. Yeah. I literally shot the same arrow all day. And I'm like, crap. So we shot the we shot the round again the next day, and I still shot I shot my number one arrow, all through that course twice. Wow! And I'm like, wow. You know what? This isn't what I came here for. I came here to blow <laughs> some stuff up. Man. So I went down and shot the smoker round, and yeah. I think it was twelve targets. And by the time I got to shoot it, the wind was blowing pretty good. And let me tell you, that's a good test for the pucker factor right there, man. When you're <laughs> sitting there at full draw and, you know, you've got, you've got holes anywhere from two to four inches in diameter. And outside of that is steel yeah. and doom. That's <laughs> not real encouraging. <laughs> yeah, so uh, finally, when it was done, when we, after I'd shot that second course, I went down there and, and I blew up an arrow on the smoke around on target Just eight. Just one? One arrow at target eight. Yeah, so if the wind hadn't been blowing, I would have shot it again. But yeah. yeah, that wind was just making it a little sketchy. So one arrow is a little sketchy, huh? Well, I mean, <laughs> hey, let's be honest. It, you know, I did. Like I said, I did make it. I made it through seven clean and I hit the eighth one. Hit the eighth. But uh, it blew up pretty solid. I felt like I got my money's worth out of it. Though. Yeah, you want a show, too, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, hey, if you're going to blow it up, it might as well send some parts scattering yeah. everywhere. So yeah. <laughs> and it sure did. But. There's a... That was my mantra. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're going to go, go big, right? <laughs> There's one one target uh, on the prime course every year, I think. It, it's a... Uh, it's a ram sitting up against some rocks. Oh, against the rock face? Yeah. Okay, so we did a video there last year. Oh, sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, that's that's just a fun one to watch some stuff blow up. That stinking target, I'll bet there were five dozen arrows broken down there. Oh, easy. And, I mean, it's crazy, but that shot, and the, so the first year we shot it, it was just a ram against a bit, you know, against the rock just face. Against the cliff, yeah. Yeah, against a granite wall. Yeah. And, you know, granite and arrows aren't a great combination. No. Um but this, the next year we shot it, they increased the level of difficulty, totally unnecessarily in my opinion, by putting a rock in front oh, yeah. of it. Mm -hmm. So the funny thing was one of my friends who I had taught how to shoot, my buddy Craig I was telling you about, I shot it, and I don't remember if I was an 8 or a 10, but it was, it was a good shot. It just broke clean, and I, I felt, uh, I'll be honest with you, that shot breaks and it's anywhere in that center insert on that target. You're you kind of strut away from the stake. Oh yeah. You know, like, yeah, I'll be here all week folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, my buddy gets up there and I got this whole thing on video. You know, it's on our YouTube channel. You have to check it out. And he hits, skips right off that rock in front of it, mm -hmm. right into the 12. Whoa. <laughs> well, part of his arrow did. The other part of it flew off somewhere else. But, but he had part of his arrow sticking out of that 12 ring. The back half of the arrow? On a, I don't even remember. It was two years ago now. Yeah. But it was a, uh, it was a, 
it was one of those shots that would be hard to duplicate. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hard to repeat that one. <laughs> well, Ian bounced one off of a tree into a target two years ago. Yeah, I hit a, <laughs> hit a twig. And... Uh, <laughs> It, it corrected my shot path. <laughs> yeah. I think one of my favorite targets up there was uh, they had a boar target. I mean, I, of course, everybody knows the, the iconic cliff shot. Oh, yeah. You know, the, right. you think you're going to shoot your toenails off. It's yeah. so steep kind yes. of shot. But my favorite one was the first year we shot it. So it would have been two years. It would have been 2016. Um, there was a boar on the prime course and you shot it off the road, but two thirds of the bore had a, was behind a, a giant boulder. So what you didn't really realize, and it's like an 85 yard shot is the trajectory of your arrow is going to pretty much carry you over that. But you got some guys shooting really fast bows. Oh yeah. And man, again, that, that target claimed a lot of victims. Yeah. So I love I love those shoots though they're so much fun. They are so much fun. We were going to go this year, but uh, we just had a bunch of weird stuff come up. And as it turns out, staying home that weekend that's the day I found my buck for this year. So there you go. You know, all was not lost. Yeah. <laughs> but cool. yeah, we'll get back out there and do that again though. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. So always a good time. Oh yeah, anytime you can count hang time on your arrows you're having <laughs> there's a the one at the buffalo well i guess it was it's been a moose i think in the past but it was a buffalo this year the one like in the grove of trees there yeah it's like off the it's like a fork in the road and it just yep yeah it's big field yep it's a 100 yard shot well i think it was like a 92 yard shot or something. yeah but we, everybody backs we backed up, up to <laughs> i remember yeah the group in front of us i think it was you mckay do you this this guy shoots, and you're like, hi. And then, oh, wait, no, no. Oh, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that dude never punching the ring on that shot. But, yeah, his aim is so high, and you watch that arrow leave. Like, it's ah, funny, it's yeah, so when high. it leaves, it looks impossible. Yeah. It looks impossible that it's going to get there. But uh, I, one of my other fun ones, I, I 12 the, uh, the bedded elk right there by the camo fire booth. Oh, with, yeah. With, like, 50 people there, you know, and everybody's watching you shoot. I just flat-out smoked that thing. So I did the classy thing, and I went down there and rode it like a pony out in front of the <laughs> grocery store and had Tim take my picture, you know. Yes, of course. Like any, you know, mature adult would do. Of course. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love shooting long range, though. I mean, it's not necessarily for hunting. Yeah. You know, there no, are times where it definitely has its place in hunting as well, but... Uh, I just love seeing arrows in flight. And yeah. I know no better way to do it than use the end of your sight tape. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. I uh, I don't have sight tape. I just have a, a fixed pin five, or fi five fixed pin. You know. Oh, dude. And uh, and you're shooting total archery challenge. So yeah. So you know how to stack pins then. What do you mean? Oh, see, I'll teach you. That one. <laughs> All right. I'll teach you that one. It's basically where you hold up if you if you max out at 60 yards mm -hmm. and you've got a 90 yard shot you need three more pins right you need 70 yeah. 80 90 you need three more pins so sure. you sit there and you hold your 60 on the target and you look at where your third pin up is 
Okay. Okay. And you move your 60 and to And you that. say, okay, now I'm going to move my – and so say there's a tree behind it. And you're like, okay, see that little chunk of leaves there? I'm going to put it right there. So that's stacking your pins. Gotcha. And now – see, now I just taught everybody how to make shots longer than they should. I would just – that's just one of the services I provide. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Free I just tip. buried the bubble over the that whole buffalo target in the hundred shot, and uh, couldn't see the couldn't see the target, and I was just happy to hit foam on that one. But like you said, the fun part for me was just watching that arrow. Oh man, it's awesome just seeing that thing yeah. arching in there, and man, when they drop right in, there's just nothing better than that. I, I, I honestly, that's about as good as it gets. Yeah. So yeah, I love I love archery, man. It's just so much fun. It is so much fun. Uh, A guy at uh, an event we had this last week um, was talking to him about about archery and and how he shoots every day. And I was like, oh, I need to do that. And he's like, dude, just put your bow next to the door. That's what he. That's what he does. He puts it. He doesn't ever put it away. He's got it where he sees it, and so it, it taunts him. You know. Well, I, I, mine's away. That's, that's not problem. a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. I mean, I'm always thinking about my bow anyway. It's always kind of. I do too, but mind, it's like but, that extra uh, step of oh, I have to go get it out. I have to go. Yeah, mine. Mine is rarely in a case. I just keep it on a hook in the basement and then I'll knock start, down and. I'm gonna do that. Just take a couple shots. Yeah, just a couple put shots. Target every day. inside the basement. Yeah, do that. Blank in the basement, in the garage, wherever, yeah. wherever you can shoot safely at home. Yeah. That's. Uh, it's just a huge advantage just to be able to go out and just make. And, I mean, right now, I, I mean, my form's at a point to where if I can go in and just make three to five perfectly executed shots. That's all it takes. You don't need to takes. shoot 100 arrows yeah. a night. I mean, you really don't. I mean, uh, you know, unless you're doing FIDA tournaments, you know, that's the only time you're going to – or field tournaments. Mm-hmm. That's the only time you're going to be shooting that many arrows for score. So, you know, unless you're doing that, I mean, just go shoot your bow. Have some fun. Did you ever shoot tournaments? Yeah, I, I did. I've shot a lot of tournaments yeah. over the years. And that's, just, what, that's what uh, I was thinking. And I, I still shoot a few, but uh, it's just not a – there's only so many hours in the day. Yeah. You know, and I mean, you're, you've, got a, you've got a young daughter, and as she gets older, you'll start to see that uh, those hours – the days start getting shorter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whether you're helping with homework, and which I try to let my wife help my son with homework because I want him to do well. I want him to succeed. <laughs> and I want him to get some answers right. Yeah. And so you let her do it. That's There's a lot better chance of that happening with her than there <laughs> is with me. <laughs> so I might come up with the right answer, but I am certainly not going to use the steps that they are taught to use yeah. to get to that answer. So, But, yeah, it's... It's just a matter of available time, you know. So I'll shoot a couple a year, and I I shoot typically a few indoor 3Ds over the winter to stay sharp and stay focused there. But uh, yeah, I just I by the time by the time it gets summer, I'd rather be out scouting. Yeah, you know, and I'll take my I'll take a target. I always take my bow and a target with me, and I'll just take it out in the woods and shoot up, you know, practice shooting up and down hills and try to find the most ridiculous shots I can. And That's cool. You know, just you're just trying to push your limits and yeah. get yourself, uh, get yourself, but getting yourself comfortable shooting in terrain that you're going to hunt in is hugely important too. And that's something that 
I, I don't think nearly enough people do. You see a lot of people yeah. who just shoot on flat ground all summer. Yeah, I got both sided of 40. And that's yep, and in, that's indoors. Well, that's see, it. the Total Archery Challenge really exposes a lot of those flaws in people. Well, that's why we love going there because it is such good practical yeah. experience. It, it really is. Yeah, I mean, hey, if I ever find a hundred yard buffalo. That dude's dying, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> I know I could make that shot because yeah. I've made it a half dozen times there. Yeah. But no, it's it's fun though. It, you just need to, what? And if you if even if you can't make it to one of those events, like I said, just find a place in your area that has uneven terrain where you can mm -hmm. practice some up and downhill shots, side hills, and getting to know what your bubble does, and you know how to kind of manipulate that a little bit bubbling into the wind and stuff yeah and, you know there's just a lot of tricks that you can learn on the internet but you really only learn them by putting them into use well, you gotta them practice yourself. you gotta yep gotta practice yep can't just read the field manual no especially not with a bow i mean that's that is especially true i mean you might be able to get away with that with a rifle if you're not a long range rifle guy you know i mean it's pretty simple you dial the scope you put the crosshairs on what you want to die and squeeze the trigger squeeze. real slowly yeah slowly and if it's any more complex than that don't tell me right now because i don't want to know i think i've got <laughs> this figured out just enough to yeah. to have a little success here so but yeah it's uh, uh archery's just different it just requires it requires a lot more dedication a lot more practice and a lot more you know learning the equipment inside and out and learning what makes it work and why it works and why it doesn't work i have got a lot to learn about archery well we about start stuff, november 1st november well i'll be well i guess november ah 8th. see you don't leave till the second piece that's of true. cake that's true yeah piece first of first uh, wednesday, <laughs> wednesday night wednesday night wednesday night so wednesday night man let me check my calendar here now yeah that's right yeah close enough Okay, so November 7th would be the wet first Wednesday, and you'll be hunting. So November 14th. November. No excuses. No excuses. <laughs> the 14th. That's right. Okay, I'm so, committing to be there. That's it. What time What time is it? Uh, it's, we usually get there about 6, 6.30, just oh, that's, warm yeah, up and practice. Yeah. and It's a lot of fun. That's plenty You'll of have time. a great time. Well, I don't doubt that. Yeah. And you'll yeah. learn some things. I don't doubt that either. Yeah. Hey, I, I always do. I always learn stuff there. So yeah. there's a lot of good guys I, I see hang out at that archery shop and Yeah. I know definitely. There's, there's plenty of wisdom going around in that. Definitely. Place. Definitely. So and and you know, that's the cool thing about most archers is they're more than willing to share it with you. Mm -hmm. You know, if you ask somebody a question, they're gonna help you out. I mean they've they've crossed that bridge, they've made that mistake themselves yeah. before, so just ask. They'll they'll typically help you out. Cool. Well, I'm excited. So, yeah, it'll be fun. Well, it'll we're getting uh, pretty long here. And nature's starting to call, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Cade, you got anything we missed? You know, I have so much. I think we're going to have to do around two. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. Anytime. Enjoy. Always, wel always willing to. So, yeah. Cool. Well, let's definitely hook up uh, here in a couple weeks. Yeah, well, we're all in Colorado. Or... Up there and yeah, shoot the breeze one night in camp or something. The unit, yeah. Yeah, lay a track over, down. Over for dinner. Sounds good. Steak and lobster, right? That's what we're bringing. Absolutely. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> we're not bringing any food. We're just planning on 
killing what we're going to eat. There you go. Yeah, there you one, go. So gotta somebody's going to go out and sacrifice a forky for camp meat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll not it. I've done that already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kids. Kids got some meat. He's bringing. He's bringing something. Not That's right. I'll provide forky meat. You can provide the forky meat. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and there's something. There's something kind of cool about eating your last kill while you're out hunting for your next kill. There's something kind of cool and I saved two pounds kind of jerky primal about that from last year's deer for this. Hunt. Just for this. There yeah. you go. So yeah, I'm pretty well stocked on jerky right now with the deer and the antelope, but uh, it's so it goes so fast. Yeah. Jerky goes so fast. It's like it does. I, it does. I I'm pretty committed to doing just doing the whole deer into jerky. Jerky and maybe two roasts. There you go. <laughs> yeah. See, and I do I do I do steaks and jerky. Yeah. That's kind of my play. But uh, elk, we just grind the whole thing. We just do almost all that into burger. Why do you grind a whole elk? Dude, because have you ever had a green chili elk burger? If it's you just, haven't, you really should. You've been in Colorado too long if you're doing... <laughs> Man, I, we just, we, we use that, we use it in everything. I mean, we really do. Yeah. We, we do, you know, we'll do the back straps. And stuff, and my buddy loves the roast, so I'll, I'll do the roast for him if he doesn't yeah. get an elk that year. And um, so, yeah, we, but we pretty much grind the whole thing, though. That's crazy. Yeah. It works for us. No, if it does. It's easy to cook. Yeah. Can't mess it up. Goes good in everything. I'm sure it does. Yeah. yeah. Plenty of, plenty of things to put burger in. That's right. <laughs> I, That's I right. like doing a, like a, like a pot roast or like a barbacoa and things like that. Yeah. So I like the roasts a lot. There you go. We tend to, we tend to eat roasts more at my house than than, yeah. the, than the burger. I tend to give burger away. Ah, uh, I see. Which well, is weird. Yeah, we honestly, I still have steaks too, which is weird. You know, we didn't do steaks as much as I, I thought we would. Well, you kind of have the same problem I do. We have, there's three of us in our house. Yeah. Stacy got a big fat elk last year. We've given a lot of meat away over the year, you know, throughout mm -hmm. the year, friends, family. Yeah. Had a guy contacted us from church the other day said hey i've got a buddy who's in trouble i'm like ha, i got you covered just gotcha. come on over and make a withdrawal <laughs> just bring a bag yeah and hit the freezer downstairs but uh and that was great timing too because i had a deer and an antelope on the way back so, so oh, yeah. that's uh real good timing but but yeah it's it it just takes a long time for three of us to go through a whole elk yeah i mean you know i've been shooting cows and spikes and little bulls I thought those were fine, but then I saw her, the size of her elk laying down on the ground there, and I'm like, oh, crap. So that's what an elk looks like up close. <laughs> that's, yeah. a, that's a lot of animal right there. I think I told you I, I picked up a, a third season yeah. elk tag, too, for the same that's cool. unit. And so I'm excited. If, if I can make that happen, I'm excited to have elk meat in the freezer, but kind of nervous to have that much meat. It's a lot. It was, it really it was me and my wife. She doesn't eat a ton of meat. And then the, my, my four-year-old daughter also. It's like two, three decent bites, and she's great, you know? I'll tell you what. Post a picture of a dead elk on Instagram and Facebook. You will have more friends <laughs> who want elk meat than you can count. Well, if I, if I shoot it where I, I told you I might have to, about a six-mile hike in. I'd just invite everybody up there for a barbecue. 
just right there. Bring just... a knife and fork and a little salt and pepper and meet <laughs> me up here. Here's the coordinates. Well, we I think s- getting that is you're going to have to help pack it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Now that I know that you and your buddies are going to be up there. No, I'm saying that I got my seven. I'm, friends. I'm washing my hair that day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm busy. <laughs> yeah. My phone rings. Oh, <laughs> I don't know him. That's Ian, and uh, that's going to be a no. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I got enough friends. Hope we pack it oh, out. Absolutely. And everybody, everybody with meat in the backpack. Maybe I'll just make that the rule. Whatever you carry out, you keep. Whatever you carry, you keep. There you go. That's that'd be a good rule. Well, so if that's the case, then you need to start. You need to pack those bags, those those game bags accordingly. Yeah. You know, make sure that the the tenderloins and the back straps are all in the same bag. And to make sure I have it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, and along with you know the head, and you're you're, yeah. you're good. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of meat. That's going to take three of you a long time to finish all that. Yeah, no, yeah, two two backstraps off an elk it would be more than plenty for. It's as much as you got three. out of your antelope. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, in all seriousness, it it's, is. It's not far off. You know what's funny is I put that whole antelope in one cooler. Yeah, I brought two, just tiny standard Coleman coolers. Yeah, and uh, and I only needed one. It, so it's with bones. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you, my uh, my first year I shot my first antelope I shot. It was it was a small one, but I got up there to it, and I'm like, "Well, crap! No wonder people miss these things. They're freaking tiny." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was but, at 60 yards, and I I swear my little green dot on my bow just covered the whole dang animal. Covered, I swear it did. covered all the vitals. Yeah, it's like I think that's that that's should be spot. good. Yeah. Let it rip. <laughs> Yep, no doubt about that. Yeah, it was surprising how little meat came off of that. Uh, but still still plenty, though, for my three, my family. There you go. So there you go. Plenty. And as we've mentioned several times, such a cool hunt. Definitely doing that every year. It's something that I just can't imagine not antelope hunting. Yeah. It's too much fun. And it's, uh, it's like I said earlier, it's the perfect warm-up for the rest of your big game hunts, too. It gets a lot of the frustration and disappointment out of the way right up front. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, it's kind of fun, but it's slightly sadistic, I guess, at the same time. is finding all the needles you didn't know you had in you for the rest, like, <laughs> oh, two man. or three weeks later. If you don't, then you, you have to wonder if you really did antelope hunt. Yeah. If you don't have a few mystery cactus spines that you, you know, you pull your pants on one day and it just yeah. grabs on your knee and you're like, what the heck? Yep. Yep. Then that's a good reminder. Oh yeah, I went antelope hunting. Yeah. That was so much fun. I had one on the inside of the thigh that I didn't even realize, and it. Oh yeah. End up being like, like a pimple. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they just kind of like, sliver out of it. And I, I get those. I get those on the bottom of my feet after uh, sneaking through because I just wear. I just put on, I carry another pair of heavy socks and put those on over my regular socks. And that's, for antelope hunting? No, no, not for antelope hunting, but for deer, for okay. sneaking in on stuff. And there's always little thorns and stuff and bushes yeah. that you don't realize are there until, you know, you step on them and they hurt. You listened so, to that podcast we did with uh, Stockasins? I ha- I did, and I've, I've been considering them, and I just haven't convinced myself that anything's as quiet as socks and they force you to slow down which has kind of a double double meaning you know yeah. slowing you down i'm so i made a really crude pair of moccasins with just like some 
deer tan cow leather, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and it is surprising what you can still feel. Yeah. But it's, you're not getting the thorns and things. Well, and that's, that's helpful for sure. But I just need something that muffles the sound too. That's what socks have done for me. Just the extra padding. Yeah. And it just literally just kind of muffles this, the noise a little bit, but. Yeah, I, I've got to check the stockasins out, though. I need to give those a serious look because picking thorns out of your feet at the end of the night isn't yeah. really all that much fun. I mean, yeah, it lets you know you did something. Right. But uh, it's yeah. not that much fun. I can't find them in the back of my hands because I was carrying my bow, oh. palms up, you know, <laughs> army crawling. And I didn't know. I, I knew they were in my elbows and everything. I was picking those out during the hunt, but then... See, and I get them in, my, in the in the fronts of my fingers because I, I I stock, you know, going one. I've got my bow in my left hand usually. Oh, yeah. Kind of pushing it forward, and then I'll kind of move gotcha. it to my right. But I was doing that a bunch, but like you said, you're, you're the tallest thing out there. And even crouched down, you're still oh, the tallest yeah. thing out there. And so I, yeah. I resorted to on my belly. Yeah. I have a picture of my phone. I and probably I've, won't show anybody, but it's with my... my my stomach just needles in it. Just cactus just spines cactus, all over. Yeah, because oh, I was dragging myself through this terrible through the desert. And, well, the yeah. good news is you got a nice buck to show for it. I'm excited. Oh, and speaking of that, I I don't know what to do with the. Uh, I just want to them out of the head, and I was looking. I was watching one guy do it, and uh, it seems like it's quite a bit more intensive than than a deer euro mount. Yeah, because you have to pop the, yeah, the sheets the off. Sheets so, off. and I, I I don't know. I just I have a taxidermist. He just does all my stuff. So, oh, so I was, I yeah. My question: You got a guy? <laughs> I do. Yeah, I do. He's out in Golden, so I can get you hooked up with him. He's kind of cool. good. But cool. We'll have to hit you about that later. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Henry. My pleasure. It's my been pleasure. awesome talking to you. Yeah, and anytime you guys want to do part two, just let me know. Of course. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Thanks, Henry. All right. My pleasure. Take care, McCade. All right. We'll talk to you later. All right. We'll see you.